I don't know. He's like, what would make this more interesting than sitting with my horseshit family? Pilgrims. Hello, Internet, and welcome to the A to Z Horror Cast. This is the Creative Title Podcast brought to you by us over at A2ZHorror.com. I'm Jack, and sitting across from me is Jake. You're making a mockery out of my words, man. This whole thing's turning out to be a mockery. You understand that, Jack? <laughs> and sitting next to Jake is someone else who just puts a smile on my face. It's Mark. Hey, gents. How you doing, Mark? Good. Thank you. How are you? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> he's not used to the next level where you actually have conversation. No, no. He's no. used to being pretty pat. For those well, of you unfamiliar with our Cracker Jack operation, we watch and review one horror movie a week, and then we get drunk and argue about it. And, uh, I mean, sometimes we don't really watch horror movies, though, because this week we watched a Patreon member's pick. Uh, patron Larry picked the 1999 movie, American Movie. Yeah, us which and Larry going to have a talk. <laughs> decidedly non-horror movie. No. No. Um, so we let it squeak in. Weird choice. For some reasons, which we'll discuss. He may sure. have yeah. fundamentally misunderstood the spirit of our podcast. No, he certainly didn't. He was fomenting insurrection once again. Mm. I'm not pleased either way. <laughs> either way, Larry, thank you very much for the pick. We appreciate the Patreon support. Um, and we will dive into it real soon. And when we do, fair warning, we're going to spoil the absolute nonsense out of it. And if you like what we do and want to support the show, uh, like Larry, you get to, at a certain level, pick a movie for us to watch. You can head on over to patreon.com slash A to Z horror, A-T-O-Z horror, and support the show at your level of choosing. Get some cool uh, tiered rewards. But if you can't swing that right now or just want to listen to this main cast, don't worry. That's not going anywhere. We appreciate you being here with us. But hey, I'm getting a signal from off mic. Mark has just uh, reminded me. I'm supposed to mention something else. We have an Instagram now. The IG. We're on the IG. I think that's what the kids are calling it. I think so. It's very intimidating to me. I do not understand It's it. a photo-based medium. It's very which confusing. Is new. I don't get it. Uh, we post there sometimes, and there's probably a link in the description below, so go there, I guess. There was last week, buddy. I'll was tell there? you that much. There Holy really was. shit, then there is forevermore. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. wow. I think it's important to note that we're A underscore Z, which adds just a new level of punctuation <laughs> that we have between the A and the Z. Solid. What are we on? Yeah. Pinterest. Uh, do we have a Pinterest? No, Jack. Okay. I don't really understand what Pinterest <laughs> is either. Me, oh God. I think, our, I think our Pinterest account is just Jack's email address. <laughs> Lovely. Actually, we do get a bunch of Pinterest emails. It's bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. It's all like, I don't know, whatever. Home improvement. It basically, yes. Well, hey, find yeah. us on the gram, because uh, we're there. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I think that's what, it's not IG, it's the gram. It is the gram. That's what I'm No, decided. it's pronounced Ig. Ig. Okay, yeah, find us on yes, Ig. Find us on Ig. Holy shit, it's got to be time to do the getting drunk part. So on that score, let's do beers it for fears. Be. Hey, Mark. Yes. What are your beers <laughs> for not really these fears, but for the movie American movie? <laughs> I got two. Uh, and a bonus for later. Um, first off, I got a Keto's American Lager, American movie, American Lager. Pretty straightforward. Okay. I have a... Firestone Walker Mind Haze IPA. I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of haze over everyone's mind in this one. Okay. <laughs> that one's a little bit of a stretch, I'll admit. And uh, the last one is, I got this I got this spirit for the spirits that's in front of me. And uh, before I drink it, I need to ask you guys, do, does peppermint schnapps go bad? Yes. I don't believe it does. No, it's a high enough alcohol content. <laughs> it's like 10%, dude. <laughs> I have it's a bottle 10%. of Ice it's 101 in front of me. Mark, what is the, what is the, uh, what is the ABV on, on your bottle of schnapps there? Well, as you may have guessed from a bottle called Ice 101, it is 101 proof. So, yeah, I'm going to assume it didn't go bad. Yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to take a shot of this, and I'm going to regret it. 
Yes, you are. How old is now it, Mark? I'm a little disappointed you didn't mix it with Sprite. Oh, my God. Yeah, I was thinking about it, but that sounds fucking terrible. Well, yeah, I agree. You know. I agree. I agree. Um, um, it's old enough that I should have figured this out beforehand, but, oh, I did get it off. I, was, <laughs> I, I couldn't uh, get the cap off for a moment. <laughs> the sugars have coagulated into a stalactite. Lovely. So, Jake, what about you? What are your beers for these non-fears? I don't have any beers for these non-fears. Oh, Billy. Yeah. No, I have two spirits for... There's no spirits either. Okay. There's like a, I don't know, it's about witches and shit. It's not even spirits. Um, <laughs> I went, I went. Spirits uh, or witches? There's, there's one thing in particular that uh, there's a lot of, of drinking of in this movie, and that's vodka. Vodka. So I got, I got some vodka. I'm going to be slamming that down. Either he brought the vodka what, or I brought the vodka, but either way we were drinking vodka. Vodka. When he wanted to party heavy. Yeah. <laughs> 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 the laugh sold it. The laugh really sold it. Uh, I have peppermint schnapps, too. Uh, and I've got a glass here that's full of ice, and I'm going to pour a couple glugs into that with some Sprite, and we're going to see how You actually goes. brought a Sprite? Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah, dude. I was going to get a Sprite and a peppermint schnapps, but so the last time I went out and got fancy alcohol, the listeners rewarded me by oh, tying God. me with Mark's horse shit. Dude, the save that just occurred off mic. Oh, wow. And it was very on mic. Oh, goodness. Yeah, off, I saw it. What do you think was off it. mic about Off your event. eyeballs. <laughs> we are 157 episodes in, and you guys still don't understand what is on and off mic. Uh, Mark, you still don't understand our names. Don't lump me in with him, Mark. We've known each other for like 20 years, and you don't know our names. What are you going to say to that? Uh, I don't know, Jack. What am I going to say to that? Uh, you're going to talk about my beers for these fears, God, of which yeah. there are two Glug. and one spirit. Glug. I, too, am drinking vodka. I shied off the peppermint schnapps because that was going to be terrible, and I figured if I was just going to tie with Mark for it anyway, I wasn't going to do it. Um, so I've got some vodka. Uh, I Tying with vodka. me is a pretty big accomplishment, okay? Not when it's just a pun, Mark. I tied with a bad pun. No, <laughs> we uh, we did this. I can't. I'm not going to do it again. I'm not going to do it again. It was sparkling wordplay. This cocktail is called the Bill. I <laughs> could. Um, I also Pour am drinking some Miller Lite, a fine Pilsner beer, <laughs> uh, because, look, this is a Milwaukee as fuck movie. And uh, so I had to get Milwaukee, one of Milwaukee's finest beers. I tried to get Schlitz, couldn't find any Schlitz. What so, does he? What does he hammer shower beer of? I couldn't quite tell. No, it was. I think it was either Miller Lite or it was I, MGD. I, don't I know thought which. it was Miller Lite, but I couldn't okay. quite well, tell. It was a little too. It was grainy. a Miller product. Yeah, it was a shower beer. Yeah, man, this is a Milwaukee as fuck movie. I also, in addition to the vodka and Miller Lite, am drinking an Anchor Steam beer. And now this one, follow me on this journey, boys. This is a. Uh, this is a documentary about a guy who has very lofty ambitions, and I think a, a dream in his head. Yep. And so his ambitions are twofold. One, they are the team that's powering him to overcome all the adversity he experienced in his life. But two, at the same time, they are the anchor around his neck that's really preventing him from making any meaningful progress wow. in his life. So his ambitions are both of those things. I think this is kind of, uh, I mean, the themes of this movie are that it can be both, right? Um, so I got myself an Anchor Steam beer here. Going deep um, on the themes, huh? I am going deep on the themes, but for now I'm going to shoot this vodka. So cheers, boys. Yeah, are we going to do this all together? We're going to suck down some peppermint schnapps? Well, I got well, I'm, vodka. I'm, go, I'm drinking vodka. I'll tell you, I took a drink of the bill. Uh-huh. It's not half bad, man. Well, okay, just I'll very sweet, taste. it seems like. Uh, yeah. It's pepperminty. Yeah. yeah, that kind of drowns out the spread. The, the star of the show is definitely the schnapps. <laughs> Give me dumbass. Talk to me like that. <laughs> All right, so Jake and I have our shots of vodka, and Mark has a shot of 150 or 101 schnapps. <laughs> Ice 101, baby. Wait, it's 101? Yes. That asshole. My rumble <laughs> mint is 100. <laughs> okay. Well, cheers, boys. Cheers. 
vodka Something. for when you were born a party heavy. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know uh. I bought Mountain Huckleberry vodka. Oh, it's delightful. Well, that's a flavor you must not have been expecting. Uh, no, it tastes like Huckleberry. <laughs> yeah. Mark, are you okay over there, buddy? Uh, we had a night in college where we had probably too much peppermint schnapps, and it was hard to brush my teeth for a long time, and now I'm reliving that. <laughs> oh, be- oh, because of the, because of the peppermint flavor. flavor. Wow. Yikes, Why didn't you get not peppermint toothpaste? Because... Well, I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna use cinnamon toothpaste. I'm not an animal. Get out of here. Wintergreen spearmint. You know what? My brain, my animal brain, wasn't uh, wasn't clever enough to discern between various levels of mint. Mint was just mint. I think they probably have like cookie dough flavor and shit now. From you want to try this? Yeah, I do. <laughs> millennials. You know what? Let's not talk about the movie. Let's just talk about millennials for the next ninety minutes. That it's, is kind of subtle and delightful. It's not bad. Yeah. Right? Wow. Tried the bill. Um, anyway, I think that's a successful round of beers for fears all around. Sure, uh, no one, one of the perks you get for being <laughs> one of the perks you get for being a patron patron on any level is you get to vote on who did the worst job at beers for fears, and the loser has to watch a movie. You also get to vote on, so that's just one kind of cool thing. Yep. Yeah, and sometimes they make horseshit decisions like t- me tying with Mark. I'm really bitter about. Wow, that. still? Yeah, still. Now you're okay. Whatever. And yeah, we all got to get bitter about something. Whatever. <laughs> Jake's already bitter about whatever else, so. Now, ordinarily, now, it's just on, me. now I just got to get jaded. Yeah, exactly. But you never lose, so it won't happen. Yeah, Mark. Ordinarily on the podcast, boys, this is where we've been talking about what else has been rocking our horror worlds, including movies we've had to watch for Losing Beards for Fears. But today's a special day. It's November 1st as we record this. Damn. Day after Woo! Halloween. It'll probably be a little bit later in November as uh, this releases, but <laughs> we got to do Beers for Fears. What, Jake? It'll could, be the fourth. I might stay up all night editing it. It'll be the fourth. We always, Okay, whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, we're also not doing Beers for Fears. We already did Beers Shit. for Fears. We're going to do horror release roundup. Oh, we got too many award-winning segments is the problem. They get all it's, mixed yeah, up. Yeah, our cup overfloweth with it, award-winning segments. It definitely isn't the vodka. Um, Def- yeah, it's definitely not the shot of 50% alcohol I just drank. <laughs> In any case, the horror release roundup is where we collect all of the horror movie trailers for movies coming out over the course of the next month, that being November of 2019. And over at the website, adzhorror.com, uh, with a hyphen, we will kick you the complete list and uh, link to the trailers and a blurb about each movie. But here on the podcast, we're probably just going to talk about a top one, a bottom one, and a dark horse pick. Except for this month, there aren't that many, so we'll probably end up talking about all of them. We're going to anyway. end up talking about all of them. Yeah. We do that in months where there are a ton. Well, Jake, let's start at we the find, top. We find a way. Let's start at the tippy top this month. What's got you most excited for November? I didn't give it to Dr. Sleep. Uh, I actually didn't either. I wanted to. I actually didn't want to. That's the thing. I am very excited for that movie, and I'm going to see it, but like, I'm, I just, I'm not letting myself get too deep on it because I'm such a fan of The Shining and for some reason this one just hasn't hit me as Look, far as the trailers are concerned. I, I'm having trouble fathoming a listener being this far into the show and not being aware of Dr. Sleep, but for those that are not, this is the sequel to The Shining. It's directed by Mike Flanagan. It's starring Ewan McGregor um, and it picks up uh, when he's an adult. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it's about. Uh, quest- are we talking about Dr. Sleep right now? Because I can just jump in. I gave it as my top one. Yeah, you okay. just go? Yeah, yeah. Right. I'll, yeah. I'll come back. Yeah. I'll come back. Okay, yeah. I picked Dr. Sleep. That's the big um, one for the month, for sure. I, I understand and to a certain extent mirror Jake's concerns. However, they are almost entirely rebutted by one single name, which is Mike Flanagan. Yep. The dude He's- can do very little wrong. Yeah, sir, he's a he's the best horror director that's alive right now. Like, I don't know if I agree out. with that, but that's well, he's he's discussion. in the conversation. He certainly is. The yeah. problem is he's so he's he can do so little wrong. Like you don't bat a thousand forever, okay? Right, for sure. And I mean, 
Yeah, this is a large enough project. I don't know. We don't know at this point how much it's been sort of workshopped and all that. It could be one of those types of movies, but still, I am, I'm very tentatively highly excited. I yeah, yeah that makes sense to me. Stephen King really likes it, so that means nothing to me. <laughs> nope, because he <laughs> likes the objectively worst version of all of his movies. Yes, <laughs> I had uh, I had one other note here, which is that uh, when I went to see It Chapter Two. I was sitting next to some dumbass teenager who thought he was hot shit for providing commentary for all of the uh, previews <laughs> that happened beforehand. And he watched this one and he's kind of talking throughout whatever. And then at the end he goes, huh, I guess they couldn't get the rights to The Shining. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking millennials, man. Uh, yeah. That's uh, so shitty. That I mean, so that's, that's shitty. pretty, that's pre-millennials that's gen z or post millennials yeah, post millennials yeah zennials i think so Ooh, i like that yeah it's like a like a xenia uh, i and i do want to be clear here the only reason i didn't pick this is to protect my heart a little bit because my yeah. expectations for this movie are objectively too high there no movie could live up to how excited i am for this movie <laughs> i i mean i am in some agreement uh let's see where this one goes uh, the, honestly the subject matter doesn't apply doesn't appeal to me all that much of like this weird super evil group trying to hunt down people with the shining or whatever that's agreed. a weird weird agreed, agreed story agreed. a lot of people have said that that movie looper is loosely based on this story from stephen king well oh okay great. well didn't care too much about that movie so i like that movie a lot well. it's an underrated i'll see point. if joseph gordon levitt playing bruce willis shows up won't happen i'm gonna talk about my movie no, now wait I'm i meant jumper not looper shit oh, oh. okay I also don't care much about that movie, and I'm also going to talk about my top one now. Is that cool? Yeah, buddy. I picked The Lodge. Okay. Uh, I didn't know anything about this movie, and jumped into the trailer, started watching it, whatever, okay, isolation, horror, and then it pops up, and it's like, this is this is coming at you from the director's Goodnight Mommy, which yep. made me pause, because that like movie that. did the isolation horror thing extraordinarily well and was a hell of a thing. Yeah. So all the way in based solely on that, but then it also looks like a great movie. So I'm I am for sure in to see where this one goes. This is the one the conceit of this movie is like a dad and his two kids and yeah. uh, his the dad's his new love girlfriend, interest, yeah. right? Yeah, go up to a cabin right. and then the dad has to leave or something. Uh yeah, or it might have been the plan the whole time and whatever, the two kids, one of which was in like it that's the only thing I know him from. Yeah, he's he looks one of the familiar. kids in it. He's yeah. like the main brother. Yeah, whatever. Uh, they are there with this woman. So there are two kids with a motherly figure of some sort. Yeah, see what happens. Yep. Is, yeah, I I don't want to know anything else. I don't either. Uh, the trailer looks great. Looks really scary. I did have one nitpick with the trailer, okay. which is there's a scene that's like setting the stage of the kids being suspicious of the you know the new sure. uh, the the new woman in their lives. Sure. She is ice skating on this lake. Sure. And then she's wearing a hat, and they get really mad at her because that's their old mom's hat. Got it. And this implies a world to me in which this woman remembered to bring ice skates but forgot to bring a hat on this winter lake trip. Or a situation in which these kids are much more protective of their dead mom's hat hats than, than they skates. are of her ice skates. And neither one is that believable to me. Dude, she loved that hat, okay? She wore that <laughs> hat everywhere. How can you wear ice skates everywhere? You can't. You can only wear them ice skating. They could have just, like, had shared skates. Like, here's the female pair, here's the men male pair. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Either way. Movie looks great. Yes. That's not that, take away from the movie. Yeah. Sure. I didn't pick either of those movies, though both do look fantastic. 
I picked a movie that's coming out a little later in the month called Parasite. A movie that's maybe coming out a little later. <laughs> yeah, and by a little LA bit later in the month. We New mean York. it came out sometime between last May and this December. It's very unclear. It's very <laughs> unclear. Although I will say, I think it's available to buy on Amazon Prime very soon for like fifteen ninety nine. Well, then there you go. Well, that would be good. That would be good for us because that would mean that it, we are correct in ascribing it to November as a release date, but not to rent. So either way, um, still you can see it. Yeah, this is Bong Joon Ho. Did I get that right, Bong? Sure. You got it as right as any of us are going to get okay, it. Okay, Bong Joon-ho's new movie. Yeah. Um, it's also got the main lead from the the host, whose name I cannot remember right now, and I'm not even going to try because I've had vodka, so it would just be bad. Vodka. But the, the, the protagonist from the host, yep. they're teaming up again yep. to bring you this movie that's apparently like has a lot to say about classism and, and what's going on, kind of the modern state of the world. It's still set in South Korea, um, yep. but it looks fucking fantastic. And, I mean... Bong Joon-ho is a masterful director, and this looks like it was produced with care as well. Beautiful. So I am super, super hopeful about this one. Yeah, Korean cinema is some of the most beautiful out there. I love watching movies, but it they're all really long. The, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm interested to see where this goes. The Train to Busan was so long. It was oh a good movie, God. though. It was they're all really good. Yeah. I, that's, that's the thing, and I, I'm interested to see where it goes. My only real hesitation is, like, what is going to go over my head? I know basically nothing about class in korea sure so, i mean i, I mean say, i'm pretty sure it's kind of like class everywhere else except heavily exaggerated it kind of seems that way and also i mean this it should be fine it seems it, to start out in a similar situation to the host with this family that has a little convenience store kind of yeah, thing it should so be fine i mean it like a, a similar thing happened in the whaling except then you had the complications of the fact that it's korea and japan and that whole thing right and but that like, was easily understandable so if this is a good movie it's, I mean, it's gonna make it easy yeah, i mean classism is classism is classism it is and this is also something that's near and dear to bong joon ho's heart right sure. i mean uh the snow piercer was like all classism stuff snow piercer is fucking awesome i love that movie Movie. I don't like it as much as everyone else, but it has something to say. It's, and that's pretty holy cool. shit. It's I pretty. Like it's pretty good. Allison Allison Pill's performance in that movie as like the kindergarten teacher or whatever, in, in, incredible. I loved it. <laughs> yep. Not here to talk about it. I picked uh, Parasite. Am very excited about it. Yes. My only nitpick there was that I don't like that the trailer has a blurb in it that says Parasite goes places you're not expecting it to go. That fucking defeats the purpose of movie that has a twist in it. But it doesn't even necessarily have to mean a twist plot-wise. Like, it could just be thematically. That happens sometimes. Right, but, I like, imagine if they did that with Audition, right? Like, yeah, you know, you you have a trailer for, like, a romantic comedy movie, and then they're like, but also, <laughs> but, she's into torture. But also, I mean, but Audition, also, they went out of their way to not even market it as a horror movie. So that's a Right, but example. this one looks like that is it for the first hour or so of the movie. I don't know what the proportions are, but <laughs> I, I would totally buy that this was a two and a half hour long movie and the first hour was just this sort of like comedy about fooling rich people into thinking that you're tutoring their children. And, and then it goes weird wire. And weird then it gets take. weird. But uh, I don't think I don't think that's movie. a weird take at all. Why is that a weird yeah, take? I think that's exactly the movie that they're setting up right here. I, I don't think they were ever you always knew it was going to be a horror movie. I don't think you have a movie directed by Bon Joon Ho called Parasite I see your, okay, I see, and not yeah, know yeah. it's a horror I movie. I see your point. So this audition is, is a weird yes. comparison. This is marketed as a horror movie. Yes. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Ooh, contentious that one. Contentious. Well, let's go all the way to the other end. Let's go to bottom ones. Jake, what's got you least excited? Okay, I picked uh, Ghost in the Graveyard. Okay. Does okay. it? Okay, two reasons. Number one, doesn't look great, but the real kicker here for me is that this has a preponderance of 
annoying prepubescent teenage girls in it, and I think that that is going to be annoying. It also has a preponderance. <laughs> yeah. I, what? What do you? What do you want? Effect. What do you want? Like that? What? What else do you want from me? Just no response. There's no response to that. Well, you. It you also has a preponderance. You said annoying. No, I went annoying. Like you were gonna have another noun at the end of it. Oh my god. You uh, were really struggling to get that sentence out, and we didn't want to. We didn't want to talk over you. I really fine. thought you did have another word you were gonna say. No, it was the whole take, dude. <laughs> it does also it have a sense. preponderance of Jake Busey. Which don't get me wrong, I love the Buseys, but they bring a weird energy to every movie that they're in. Um, <laughs> it's and that energy opposite teenage girl angst energy is an interesting combination. I don't know if I like it. It's like they saw him in Stranger Things season three, and then they were like, "We're gonna do you as Hopper." <laughs> <laughs> this this trailer also weirded me out because they had like a I don't know if Ghost in the Graveyard is like a real folkloric game. I've never heard of it, but I sure. kind of think it might be. Either way, they had like a creepy folkloric song, right? Like a Bloody Mary kind of a thing. Yeah. People chanting. A hopscotchy bullshit. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it Yeah, like all a Freddy Krueger nursery rhyme. And it started off and I kinda loved it, right? Because it starts off as like one o'clock, the ghost is near. But then the rest of the song is just running through 2 through 11 o'clock, the ghost is near, until I assume they get to 12 o'clock and the ghost is here. So for 11 straight hours, the ghost is just near. Speaking of fucking millennials, that's the problem with them. Millennial ghosts, they're lazy, sitting around you know for 11 fucking hours. You know what's funny about this whole bit? We, I, th- I was expecting you to engage with me on it, and we were going to like start to act like we were going to rant about it, and I was going to say how much millennials are awesome, and now it just comes off like I'm going to be like the millennials are assholes, and they're not. Millennials are great. <laughs> we are millennials. <laughs> yeah, and millennials we're rule. assholes, so QED, you're yeah, wrong. It's fine. <laughs> we're like dead-centered millennial, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's really horse shit. Uh, but yeah, case, to their point, you're waiting at least 12 hours for this ghost to arrive, and that seems like too long. It, I kind of liked the song, I just was, wish it wasn't the same thing 11 times, but the trailer, it doesn't look great. For next year, it'd be a pretty good fantasy thing for a uh, ghostly nursery rhyme. <laughs> I mm. like that, yeah. I think good. this one was the last of its breed. Not the last ever, ever. This one broke it. That's how bad it is. That's why it's the bottom one. Mark, what is your bottom one? Holiday Hell. Uh, I have a pretty low tolerance for ultra low budget horror. (laughs) This is ultra low budget horror starring Donald Pleasance, no less. Donald Um, Pleasance? Yes. Yes. Is he in this? I didn't see him in the trailer. He's like the main guy in this I saw Jeffrey Combs. Uh Uh-oh. Are you guys an idiot? Are you guys starring one, Jeffrey Combs? Are you guys one collective idiot? <laughs> we just talked what? about Donald Pleasance. <laughs> uh, so here's the thing: I was listening, I was trying to like put this together as I was also listening to the Halloween two episodes, so I might have got some wires crossed. Happen, I'm dude. just the biggest idiot. Jack's just riding coattails blindly. He's not even listening. I, I do like how impressionable Jack comes. Well, off. the thing the thing that really pisses me off about that whole thing is he's definitely not listening, and then he just decides he's going to agree with you over me, which. I guess fair, but that pisses me off still. <laughs> yes, sorry, excuse me, Jeffrey Combs. Um, anyways, this is this is it's a low, an ultra low budget anthology movie yeah. about Christmas coming out in November, which is I guess that's fine. fine. It's coming I, out November first. That's a little early. Uh, it's a good concept, but nothing I saw in the trailer implied to me that they would be executing on the concept whatsoever. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, look, it did kind of look fun. These ultra-low-budget ones are, they live and die by the performances in them, and, like, whether the people in it are having fun. At least they look like they're having fun in it. Also, they do look like they're having fun, but I would disagree with that I want to see them having fun. I want to see them creating, like, a, a good horror 
content. You're, also, this isn't, I don't know, this didn't strike me as ultra low budget. It's definitely low budget, but I don't know if it's ultra. There's a whole class of ultra that's like, we made this We made this film for $10. This isn't that. I would, I would say that this is in the same vein as uh, that murderous clown movie whose name I'm blanking on. Um, Terrifier? Jack, help me out here. Uh, not Terrifier, not Stitches. Yeah, 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 Terrifier, Terrifier. You got that's it. not ultra. That's just low. Terrifier wasn't even that ultra low budget, or or even that low okay, budget. Okay, so it looks to be it, it of is. roughly the same it quality is. as Terrifier, and I would rather watch Terrifier a hundred times out of a hundred. You haven't even. Terrifier is okay. great. Here's my yeah, one. That's what I'm saying. Here's my rebuttal to that. Anthologies. Okay, I have two rebuttal. I have two two part rebuttal. Anthology is the first part. Okay, that and, that alone is going to make me want to see it more than if it were not an anthology. Because First rebuttal. Here's a single word. There is interest there. Second, I like something about the whole like this is a shop full of mist or an area, usually a shop full of like mystical things like gremlins. Think of all the other cool, crazy shit that could have been in that shop where he found the Mogwai. Think about all the other stuff that they kind of tipped their hand to, admittedly, but it was still down there in the basement of Cabin in the Woods. Like that stuff is cool. There's a whole yeah. deep well that you can just dip into and pull, cherry pick from. I, do I think it's going to be good? No, I have largely the same take as Mark. But the idea that's there is <laughs> but, but inherently I feel interesting. Like arguing to me. with him for that, some reason. No, that is of a course. Good concept, that's why I'm here. Why I wouldn't <laughs> be here if not to argue with you. <clears throat> well, you're the Skip Bayless to my whoever the hell he's on a show with. Uh, it's like Shannon Stephen Sh- Oss, Stephen... It's like Stephen A. Smith. It's like Shannon Smith, yeah. Sharp. Now I don't know. Fuck. I don't know any of the people you're saying. Oh God. <laughs> They're talking heads on ESPN. Fair don't enough. worry about it. Fair enough. Shock jock culture, it sucks. Boys, this is a, a weird month because not only are all three of our top ones different, all three of our bottom ones are different, too. Okay. Hey, Jack, Jack, Jack. Yes sir. yes, sir. Bottoms bottoms one. Bottoms one, excuse me. Bottoms and tops Jesus. one. I'm sorry, Mark. You're really off your game. I really am. I really am. We haven't been back in our like main groove for a little while here, so it's going to take me some time to get back up to speed. I picked Pilgrim as my bottom one. Why? Okay. So this is the end of the dark Hulu joint for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Season two. It doesn't look Ow! great from the trailer. <laughs> I don't Wolf know. Man Jack. It looks fun. It has a weird it's fascination stupid. on the wishbone. The wishbone is emphasized twice, leading to me to believe that the dad wished for pilgrims to come to their house. Yeah. Which I don't fucking understand. Why? Why would he wish for pilgrims to be at the house? I don't house? know. He's like, what would make this more interesting than sitting with my horseshit family? Pilgrims. Is that what you'd pick? No, but he did. Jesus. And then it just, it also, like, none of it, they come and they immediately start smoking their long pipes in their living room, which you also wouldn't let him do. Excuse me? You might. (laughs) I mean, you're not going to, like, I don't know, think about it. If pilgrims show up in my house, one, I'm not letting him in. Two, if they start smoking a pipe, I'm going to knock it the fuck out of their hand, show them my smartphone, and be like, oh, are you scared of this? Get the fuck out, you anachronistic bastard. Jack, it's basically when the party comes to Bilbo Baggins' house, he's not going to say no. It's hospitality. They just come and wreck it. He has to feed them. They're smoking. Bilbo Baggins just wasn't smoking a pipe because he's a chode. What? He's the only now you're making the opposite smoking. argument. Everybody's saying smokes, everyone should be smoking. Everyone the pipe. smokes in their living room in the Shire. Yeah, it's rad. Yeah, not everyone smokes in their living room in my house in suburban also, Massachusetts. <laughs> in yes, 2010, which is decidedly not rad. <laughs> I have, okay. I think, three rebuttals to follow Jake's format. Three. Uh, first rebuttal. So you actually have four. I don't know. I might Fair. only have one. Let's <laughs> let's find out how many rebuttals cool. I. It's a fun <laughs> adventure. We'll go on together. Yeah. First rebuttal. Uh, they also know the name of the holiday Thanksgiving. 
And which, this is a pro to you? N- no, well, okay, these are just points I wanted to make. Oh my god, he doesn't <laughs> even know what a rebuttal is. <laughs> the opposite. The first one was just a point, and I thought it was rings. Uh, the look that ice one hundred one shots hit me hard. Um, <laughs> this is gonna be a sloppy episode. First, second point, first actual rebuttal. I when we were putting the synopsis up, I strategically deleted the part that it starts with, based on true events. <sighs> wait, so wait, wait! Did it? I, yeah. Yes. So ah. what apparently actually happened? What the what I believe the plot of the movie is is that they hire professional pilgrim impersonators to come to their thanksgiving celebration to i don't know and living them with the spirit of the holiday or whatever bullshit that's Yikes. even worse that i want those people smoking in my living room even less right that's what i so that's kind of what i love about it, is they show up and they're like we do this all the time we're pilgrims i'm a hungover 23 year old actor who's struggling to make a living and i'm gonna smoke in your living room <laughs> uh yeah basically and that's how that goes and then it becomes a murderous costume party and then the last reason it's my bottom one is i've been burned by into the dark too many times how I'm many have you seen three yeah god i've still seen none this might be the first list one them list them puka uh, puka the new year's one that name i can't remember with the guy with the knife and uh the slitting the throat in the bathroom um <laughs> and i saw the james roday one which was terrible with jimmy oh, simpson treehouse yeah did you? Yes. Or are you just remembering me talking about Treehouse? No, I did see it, but I was very drunk. Jack's remembering okay, the trailer. I was going to say, you never talked about it on this, so. I think I did. No, I definitely uh, think I did. You did not. Don't think that's correct. I would bet you that you did not talk about it. Uh, He's going to dive through the annals of our history. Um, yeah, I did, yeah, I'm going to dive through the annals of our history. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I don't take, who's going to officiate it? Who's going to listen to every episode and make sure I didn't say it? Oh, Jake is. Oh, okay. Then I'll take the bet. <laughs> <laughs> Jake doesn't even listen to any episode. Did Jake, not, we're going to need you to quickly comb up. through 156 episodes of this, ep- of, uh, this podcast. Oh, a, I'm not that stupid. I'm going to look and see when it came out. B, no. <laughs> How many way, rebuttals was that? Uh, two, two. I forget to talk about a lot of movies I watch on this thing, so... Uh, cool. Dark Horse? Uh, yeah, let's go to Dark Horse. Jake, fuck what's you. your Dark Horse pick? Uh, I'm going to say fuck it and pick the Divine Fury. Because why not exercise <laughs> Hell, demons yeah. with kung fu? Dude, I thought I'd seen all kinds of movies. Nope. Super saturated. <laughs> Super saturated. This one's weird. Yeah, so this is another foreign movie, right? Is this also Korean? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also Korean. Uh, this is about just like a... He's an MMA fighter. He's an MMA fighter who gets the stigmata. So I should not have said kung fu. Yeah, I he guess gets, he's, he's going to go He gets N-stigmata-ism. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Either way, then he hooks up with some people and his, I don't know, his divine fury is going to exercise some demons. You say hooks up in the normal way. In the normal in the, way, not in the sexual which way. Which I also, what is hooking up? I don't understand. Links up? Is that better? Yeah, better. He links up me. with some, I don't know, yeah. fathers. <laughs> he hooks up <laughs> with some dads. <laughs> what? This, what's happening? What? what do you, why are you I doing this? I don't know. This? I'm trying to make it hard, Jack. It looks cool. It's going to be weird. Probably not going to be very good, but it's definitely the most interesting in the sense that it caught me way off guard. Okay. Yeah. No, this is on my list as well because this is fucking <laughs> Okay, fantastic. but is it your dark horse? Well, I was I wanted look there's so many. I wanted to talk about them all. So Mark, what's your dark horse? <laughs> Let's talk about every movie. <laughs> uh I guess you get to talk about Red Letter Day cuz I'm going to talk about 3022. 
uh, which is a space movie starring Omar Epps. It's okay. Uh, well, it is. A, he's wherein fourth, no, he is fourth build. I don't think it's starring Omar Epps at all. Whoa! It we should be whoa. starring Omar Epps. He's the only guy I recognize, so I'm saying starring him. Summer from you School know the of lead Rocks is Miranda it. Cosgrove, right? <laughs> She's an adult. I, it's troubling. It is bizarre. This sent me into a spiral. It is bizarre. Spiral. We got some existential horror on today's episode. <laughs> I mean, basically, I was like, oh my god, you're an adult and I haven't seen you since the last time I watched School of Rock, which was re- relatively recently, and yeah. you were still a child. Right? I just yeah, you expect- were still like 12. I ex- if that, I expect you to say that same age and just continue being Summer. I think she was 12 playing a nine-year-old. Either way, man, you're not allowed to be an adult because that it's means I'm old. Weird. Well, I got it's, news for you, buddy. It's kind of like every single time I see Haley Jewel Osment and stuff now, like the like Tusk or whatever, and he's a grown ass adult. Yeah. Well, and he <laughs> aged poorly. Oh, don't don't body shame the man. Yeah, he aged exactly as God intended. Okay. Wow. 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 Well, Way to just make me feel. Fuck you. God's guys. perfect specimen, Haley Jewel Osment. <laughs> Jack, everyone's a specimen in their own right. Okay. <laughs> Everyone is a specimen. I picked 3022, which is a space movie about astronauts watching the Earth get destroyed from their space station, which is a fucked up piece of sci-fi horror. Like I, that in and of itself is scary enough that it's worthy of a dark horse. It's kind of like the Cloverfield Paradox. It doesn't look great. It could go either way. The I, I'll grant you that Omar Epps is promising. Oh, The inclusion of Omar Epps is promising. And the inclusion of the scene where the dude's just floating out in space oh. is just like, it's so empty out here. That I mean, that's, that's kind so of like good. Knows, though. Like, gravity made me yeah. feel like that without saying how empty no, it was. No, gravity sucked because they invented their own fucking rules for well, physics. And my favorite scene in uh, the Europa Report is sure, that guy the Europa floating, Europa, yeah. is floating away or into space. The Martian picked that, too. I mean, there's a lot of scenes where that happens. Sure. Uh, let's not blow right by Armageddon, where the dude gets jettisoned off the asteroid while he's riding the armadillo. Yep, let's not jump never, past Armageddon. Never jump past Armageddon. <laughs> Don't want to close my eyes. <laughs> so, yeah, that's 3022. It's that's coming on uh, November 22nd. Interesting pick, Mark. I don't want to miss a thing. I like space. Space movies are good. Uh, I went a different direction. I mean, I was going to pick, what's the one you picked, Jake? The Righteous Fury or whatever it's called? Divine Fury. Divine Fury. I closed my That's thing. pretty close. Um, instead, I picked Coco D. Coco Da. Did you? Yeah. Oh, this okay. one seems too weird. Is this Swedish? Yes. Yeah. This is a people getting fucked within the woods movie, I think. <laughs> I, I cannot is. tell. It, it, no, it is. I, it but is. only because of the synopsis. And it is insane what's going on. But it looks genuinely terrifying. There are and also shadow puppets. There are also shadow bunnies. Which I'm really, yeah, I liked those a lot. You like bunnies? Yeah, it's like it's like if the game like Limbo bunnies. had shadow puppet bunnies in it. <laughs> yeah, but it uh, looks fascinating. I also the trailer was edited fantastically, and I'm really hoping it was the same editor that edited the movie, or or at least they took their cues from the movie because it has these like shots that are drawn out for a little bit too long, followed by shots that are a little bit too frenetic in a way that makes you really uneasy, and I like that shit a lot. Yeah. It's it looks fantastic. Or I I mean I totally agree. It it is probably going to be not that great. It's about like a group of circus performers or sideshow performers who escape and torture a family in the wilderness. So, you know, that if that's yeah. up your alley, and that's great. From the video from the trailer's description, part nah, of man. the torture they subject them to is like 
forcing the them act. to undergo slapstick hijinks, I think is what it says, <laughs> which, weird. <laughs> which, you know what? I'm totally okay with. I get kidnapped and someone puts on like uh, some some type of who's on first routine for me. You guys are yeah. aware that slapstick hijinks routinely involves things that would just kill you, right? Oh, 100%. So, yeah. I mean, that, that, could be, that should be taken... Loosely, <laughs> this slapstick. Somebody hijinks. gets hit by a fire extinguisher and it's played for laughs, but they're actually dead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if you take all the background music out of a Three Stooges movie, it's fucking dark. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! When you're done with uh, Carnival of Souls, can you go ahead and rescore some Three Stooges with? Oh, like, you had to have lost that bet by now, right? Has it been a month, dude? Look, look give, come me a break. I had to edit five podcasts in Fair. the last week. Well, can I, I get an well, extension I, to a week? A week. A week. I'll give you a full week from when that released. Mark, are you on board for that? A week. I, I am. I actually, ended, I think I put a reminder in my phone uh-huh. for exactly a month from when it drops, and so it I can tell you when that happens. has not hit then. Okay. Well, I got to yeah. tell you what, I'm six minutes in and I'm feeling good. And you've got an extra week now. I got So, Mark, week. you got to move your thing. Okay, I'll bump it a week. Hell yeah. Okay. Hell yeah, dude. All right. Well, that's going to take us to the feature presentation. <laughs> what a weird fucking <laughs> HRR. Weirdest one we've ever done. <laughs> Over at AZHorror.com this week, we watched a 1999's American movie. Now, correct. look, let's get it out of the way right now. It's not a horror movie. No, right? but it is a it is a documentary about the making of a horror movie. Uh, the making of a horror short. A horror short. Well, it's a horror short in lieu of a feature non-horror movie. Yes. So it's, you know, it's, it's in there somewhere. very tenuous. Oh, God. Well, we are A to Z horror, so we have to do this sometimes. I guess, yeah. Uh, again, thank you to Larry for picking this for us, I suppose. We did have to reject his first one of uh, the worst version of Homeward Bound several times. Pretty was sp- it Homeward Bound 2? Pretty scary. No, Milo and Otis. Oh, Milo and Otis. I would have rather watched Milo and Otis. There's that scene with the scary owl in it. Jesus Christ, you're playing right into Larry's hands. Here's the thing. I would have legitimately watched. This was in my, like, I had scheduled this for the week. If we didn't do an HRR for this one... I would have had Milo and Otis as my rocking horror world. Oh, I'm aware. I'm aware. Yeah. You promised that to Larry. I did, and it just didn't work out that way. I'm sorry, Larry. <laughs> I do love Milo and Otis, though. I had that movie on VHS when I was a kid, and I watched it What? many, many, many it's times. objectively worse than Homeward Bound. I thought that movie came out when we were like, college. What are you no. talking about? When did that come out? No, like, man. That a came year out like after Homeward Bound. What? They're like the, they're contemporaries. Milo and Otis? It's like an Armageddon Deep Impact situation. I'm, th- I'm thinking of a different movie. It's not, yeah, because Milo be. and Otis came Milo and Otis came out in 1986, dude. Are you okay. thinking Mr. Holland's opus? No, let me... Uh, I'll figure this out. <laughs> <laughs> Which also came out when we were in grade school. Yeah, I, very, I have no idea what movie you're thinking I'm, of. Yeah, I'm thinking of something else. Air oh, Bugs yeah, 7. Milo and Otis is the pug and the cat. Okay, okay, okay. I was thinking <laughs> okay. of something way different. Real, real quick note here. Milo and Otis came out a full six years before the first Homeward Bound, so... Well, Homeward Bound got it right. Had time to figure out how to uh, get it right. A, a uh, real Armageddon and Deep Impact type okay. of situation. Yeah, precisely. A Bug's Life and Ants. Guys, I think <laughs> I think you'll find that there's a reason for my misunderstanding. I, I was I was thinking of Lilo and Stitch. So, no, there is no reason for name your Name and name, and that one came out significantly later. And when you forget that Milo and Otis exists, it's easy to think about the other thing. It's totally understandable. Did you? Think yeah, that but was the a- issue with this is that why would you ever forget that Milo and Otis exists? Excuse me, the adventures of I Milo I guess it's because I'm a Homeward Bound guy, Mark. Yeah, obviously. I mean, that. okay, that's the first sensical thing he said all day. Should Duh. we just okay? Should we just pause and quickly go watch both Homeward Where Bound you, and the Adventures of Milo? And Otis? Time out. Where do you guys stand on Far From Home? 
still I like that good. one. I like Far From Home. That's just one dog, man, and it's more realistic. It's more survivally. Yeah, but I liked the I liked the whimsical nature oh. of my Bar, Bar from Home's actually of... kind of a heavy hitter. Yeah, I know. That's why I liked it. Like but that, that dog Dude, comes they back. All are. No, this Sally goes over a waterfall. Look, I mean, Airbud over them all. If you're talking about a single dog, Airbud. Not not a heavy hitter though. Airbud's a heavy hitter. I'm just telling you, Far oh, From Home. Oh, the go on get scene no, from different, Airbud different, where he's sailing different, away different, from the different, island. Different, different, different. Oh, go on, go on, get. <laughs> Far From Home has deep, dark. Real life implication that it does not shy away from for a kid's movie, and I respect it for it. Okay. okay? Well, we're not here to talk about any of those movies today. Mm. Well, but can we? <laughs> I mean, probably, <laughs> yeah. We don't have horror to discuss, so. <laughs> yeah. Look, everything's on the table this episode. <laughs> uh, we'll be talking a lot about Brink. <laughs> well, yep. That's every episode. <laughs> In any case, Larry picked this, and boys, I mean, down to the wire. I gave him a deadline. He sent it in just minutes ago. His 30-second like, plot synopsis. We were recording Dark's Horses for the HRR, and Jack got a text message. Yeah, he said he was on an airplane. This sounds like it might have been recorded on the bathroom of the airplane, so that'd be a first. Yeah, you're going to you're gonna need to do some uh, some cleaning up in post. That'll be fine. I'm great in post. Cool. Let's, uh, let's, let's listen to it. Sad but funny documentary set in the 90s about a guy who wants nothing more than make a feature-length horror film. He gives up on that idea right away and makes a horror short. It takes him seven years to do so, and it's financed by his drunk Uncle Bill, who dies at the end but leaves him 50 grand to make a full-length feature film. The highlight of the film is anytime Mike Shank is on screen, recounting drinking vodka in the basement, acid trips in the hospital, or his recent lotto wins. All right, so, yeah, I mean, look, it was a 25-second plot synopsis. He hit the highs. He hit he, the lows. He pretty much nailed it. Yeah. He hit the vodka, which is important. Vodka. vodka. Uh, probably the most, the, yeah, the vodka, probably <laughs> the most important part of the movie. <laughs> yeah. For um, when you want to party heavy. I did forget to talk about this before we did the 30-second plot okay. synopsis. Had either of you guys seen this before? Oh, you did forget that. Yeah. Yeah, you did. Jay. I had never even gotten close to hearing about this. Mm. This is so far from my bailiwick. I am barely going to be able to participate in this episode. What? But you've seen it now. I mean, I have. How can yes. you not participate in talking about a movie that you've seen? It's <laughs> <laughs> weird. Uh, I think you'll find that I'm, a, I'm the quiet one. Oh, great! I don't know what that makes me. Uh, Jack, I have seen this movie. This is <laughs> this is this is like my third time. Really? I actually really like this movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, I saw this. For the first time when I was in college at some point, and I don't know why or how. I mean, it's one of those college ones, though. It's uh, I, I really liked it. I found it extraordinarily quotable. Saw it again at some point between then and now. Felt very similar. Saw it now. Feel the same. Yeah. So this is one that I think I'd heard of, but I didn't like. Rec- I wouldn't have recognized the name of a lot. Yeah. yeah. But also, it's one I was familiar with a distressing number of the quotes, like the I don't know if I brought the vodka or he brought the vodka, but either yep. way, we were drinking vodka. I've heard yep. that a lot before. Yeah, I feel like that's probably just because you hung out with Jake enough. I, well, I, I riff on a lot of those too, like the Coven sounds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Suck. Yeah. yeah. It's not <laughs> Coven. Sounds like oven. Sounds like oven, man. <laughs> Why would it be that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, in any case, uh, so no, I hadn't seen it before, but I had like heard a lot of these sound bites before on shit, so that's pretty cool. Uh, really interesting to see where they came from. Yeah, um, I am legitimately surprised we don't talk more about calling Morocco at two in the morning. Calling Tangiers senseless. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, uh, the brill. Okay, well, I don't want to get into it yet. Yeah, Larry, thanks, uh, thanks for for picking this. Um, 
This is going to be a hard segment here, boys. What in the fuck subgenres of horror does this fit into? I mean, it doesn't. None. It isn't a horror documentary. Movie. I think we have a documentary subcategory. Yeah, but it isn't. That's it's not a subgenre of horror. Granted, okay. The, and, and while he does produce a horror movie, you see like twelve total seconds of that horror movie. Yep. Uh, should we uh, should we add? I'm gonna. We, we need to add something to here that just says not horror. What subgenre of horror does this belong to? Not. We not. actually don't because you'll find we're not going to do this too often. Pass. <laughs> <laughs> Pass should already be one. I'm gonna add it. <laughs> so going in the document. How about this? In lieu of the ability to do this segment for for American movie as a whole, we can talk about uh, what subgenres of horror Coven fits into because we get we sort of get it. It's vampire, yeah. Cult. It's a vampire cult, cult movie. Yeah, vampire cult. There you go. Uh, Supernatural you said zombie. Last time we were talking about it, Jake, which was wrong. But I do like that you instinctively went to zombie. Well, that's what he does. He's the zombie guy. He's the zombie guy. He is. He's shaking in he- his head in incredulity. Yeah, I agreed with it. Mark, but I don't remember you talking about it in zombie terms. You oh, it did. he did. Time. He did. I will find this one. Hmm. It was at the end of Halloween 2. Oh, got it. Oh, that was like really recently. I mean, that was literally <laughs> the last time I saw you guys. I edited that yeah. like a few days ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't remember. I, did I say it was? he was filming a zombie movie? He's filming a zombie movie, hmm. yeah. Well, it was, it was a vampire movie, it turns out. It could have been vampire zombie cult. Is there really that much of a difference between vampires and zombies, if you think about it? They're undead, so no. I mean, yes. It's basically like intelligence There's a tremendous difference. No, they're basically the same, you'll find. Oh, my God. Um, Zombies have to eat humans. Vampires have to eat humans. Vampires do not have to eat humans. They have to eat the part of humans. They absolutely don't. They have to eat the liquid part of humans. They can subsist on every... I can't think of a vampire story where they cannot subsist on, like, animals as well. Including, like, the one that started the whole popularity interview with a vampire. Brom Stoker's Dracula? I think he can subsist on animals. Boom Stroker's Dracula. Dicacula. <laughs> Dicacula. Nosferatu? <laughs> oh I don't God. think it's a canon either way. But You don't think Nosferatu is canon? No, I don't think that it's canon in Nosferatu whether or not he can subsist on animals. Except for 30 Days of, 30 30 days days of, of night. night. They definitely eat animals. There's a bunch of cows they, they're stealing. They're rustling. That's why I picked Rustler they for that movie. They did rustle. Yeah, you're right. That, there's, mm. one, there's some out there. There's got to be one. Hmm. So fuck all y'all. Y'all don't like me, Bloom. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about while we're in the subgenre category, how weird it was for me to watch this coming at it like from this perspective of reviewing it for the podcast, but it sure. being just a straight up documentary. Mm-hmm. I had a hard time keeping my mind. These are like real people. These are these people's real lives, and these are real people. That I was so. Crazy. Are you saying? Are you saying just fundamentally from having watched too many horror movies that you had to overcome your basic instinct of not trusting what you see on screen as being reality? Because I also struggled with that heavily. Yeah, and I think part of it is also like this kind of venue in which we watch these movies, especially like with a documentary like like Mungo or something like that, where it's like I'm sitting down to review this movie from the perspective Mock that it's not real documentary. I, mean, I understand, but. I kind of I was I almost watched this one with the same eye that we watched Skyman with, right? Where Skyman comes on and we hadn't been given a whole lot of context and I was like, "Wait a minute, but is this real or not?" Do so you yeah. treat it like it is? But and holy shit, it's like I had to continue reminding myself, "No, these are real people in their real lives." Well, and I watched this, so I watched this with the lovely girlfriend and she was like, "This can't be real. They're not real. This is like Letter Kenny but way earlier. You're fucking with me." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "No, I'm, this is real." And it's you're real. like, yeah, there's a reason that Letterkenny is Letterkenny. Yeah. <laughs> you look at this they guy's were making background. fun of these people. Yeah. All right. Well, I wanted to bring that up here because I thought it was the closest thing we could get to a uh, subgenre. But 
Let's dive into this thing. What does this movie do right? The quotability. Yeah. I'm going to suck down peppermint schnapps and try to call Morocco at 2 in the morning. (laughs) I mean, it's everything, man. So, Mark Borchert is an incredibly, in his own way, charismatic guy. And he is immensely entertaining to me to watch. There's something about listening to everything he says that just has me smiling. Absolutely. Look, I mean, I... I think the- I hesitate to say charismatic. I might use the word captivating. That's that's fine. Captivating is probably more y- yes. That's right. But he's also got, he's got that charisma where he continues to convince people to join these projects with him, right? He's but all the people it's like, that he's it's like around. a belligerent. It's yeah. like a belligerent it, trying to get people to join him. It's not like he's not winning their favor. He's just like wearing them down. Yeah, and all the people he's around aren't necessarily like people that you really got to try super hard. To put the screws to. Sure, sure. I mean, his, yeah, it's, it's just his drunk uncle. Yeah. <laughs> Basically. His, his drunk uncle? And, and his friend who's, yeah, his drunk uncle and his friend who's permabaked. Too pickled to yeah. know any better. And oh then his God. other friend who was in jail. The hospital said I was the worst one they'd ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Larry was right. Mike Shank, the MVP of the movie. Oh, my God. See, I disagree. That dude is They're, wild. I mean, they are a great duo. They're a great duo. Yeah, but you and that need, helps. You need you can't have Shank without the main guy, without Mark. It is it is yes. interesting that the cover art for the movie, at least on IMDb, is Mark Borchardt and Mike Shank. Because I would have like Mike Shank is basically like a secondary or maybe even tertiary character. Like sure. he's in the background every once in a while providing an interview where he won fifty bucks but doesn't want to tell anybody about it. Yeah. Did you guys read that they had a talk show, like a TV show for a couple of years called Mike and Mark? <laughs> it doesn't surprise me, dude. I sent I sent you guys. A, it, they're still at it. These are just them. This I know is what they this, do. This is this is authentically them. Like I is, sent you a tweet last night on Halloween that Mark Borchardt had tweeted, and he's like, "War of the Worlds is on my car radio on five seventy a.m. out of Toronto." Like, what? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is what you're doing in like rural Wisconsin right now. Yeah, man. I guess that's the life you live. Cool, man. Yeah, whatever. He released a movie doing in 2018. It, I saw. Maybe we should say it. Uh, one thing, and this, uh, I was going to save this for later, but uh, if you do look at his IMDb page, and he does have one as a director, Northwestern never came out. It's been however many years now, 20 yep. years. Yeah. Despite his drunkle leaving him 50 grand. So, so yeah, end, end of the movie, uh, Uncle, God damn it, what was the uncle's name? Bill. Drunkle Drunk Bill, Bill dies, leaves him 50 grand to make this movie. He takes 20 years, he doesn't make it. Yeah, it's sad. It's really yeah, sad. That's sad, man. Yeah. Well, this movie. That's what this movie does wrong. No, oh, don't go there yet. So don't go there here's yet. Here's my what it does right. This documentary is kind of masterful. It's it's Ex- okay. So say more because I agree with you. Beautifully shot documentary, actually capturing what feels like these people's real lives, from the fun they're having to the like inspiration they get to the just utter bleakness that is their day to day lives. Well, as and well. I think that I think it takes a slightly different approach because it has so much just like nothing happening that that both is entertaining in a way and it wears on you because they have nothing going it's on aggressively bleak yeah i mean and mark i mean look mark and a lot of people are troubled people in this movie right totally i mean they they don't, I don't have it super at, easy at a certain point you probably don't need to include the the moniker of in this movie not a moniker the subtitle whatever it would be we you can, don't need to you don't need correct. to qualify within this movie these are. This is a snapshot of real people's lives, and they are troubled people. Well, what I meant to say was, Mark and a lot of the people in this movie are troubled people. Yes. Yeah. Oh. Okay. 
Gotcha. Wrong order of words. I mean, dude. at least as this movie portrays them, I guess as well. We Sent- don't. Well, yeah, and you never really know how much of a how much of a thumb on the scale the documentary crew has. That's the ultimate like argument about how to shoot a documentary. Right. Probably a conversation for another time. But <laughs> so I I agree with what you're saying because there's a certain level of realism that you get through that. I'll just call it bleakness because you already use that term. But at the same time, the way this actually lays out from shot to shot. I think is really different than a lot of documentaries because I kind of understand what the girlfriend was saying about how this felt more like a letter Kenny thing because you would jump from scene to scene where there's just these crazy, unbelievable things happening, which that's how this is. And that's why it's interesting. Yeah. Number one. But two, like it's just they cut it together differently than what I expect from most documentaries. They definitely do. I have a request oh, really? for you, Jake. I don't know if I agree with that. Mm. I think this is cut exactly I, like I would expect most documentaries to be cut. No. I, I see what Jake's saying a lot. I want to get past my request to Jake, which okay. is don't call your lovely girlfriend just the girlfriend when you're talking about a movie that also features like a pretty much unnamed girlfriend character. Because I, I didn't wasn't know whether you meant her. I, but I was. I don't oh, know which girlfriend. He's, he's my girlfriend. Doing, yes. He's doing, he's doing a solid verbal thing. He's, it, he's, it's from the, uh, another podcast. Oh, cool. <laughs> Deep the, sol- the solid wife they refer to the one of the wives is the solid wife right am i remembering that correctly yeah, they're both solid wives now yeah oh <laughs> well one of them i haven't listened to that i haven't listened to them in a one while. of them's jody with an eye <laughs> I, I, I don't know. whatever it doesn't matter I, not I the guess. not the girlfriend in the movie right. but my real lovely girlfriend who seems a vastly different age from him not that there's anything wrong with that because she seems older than him right he's not uh it doesn't seem she doesn't seem underage um but i also had to Google how old he was when this came out because I had no fucking idea. I couldn't tell okay. if he was twenty-two or forty. He's ageless. Yeah, he is. He's he's a vampire. He's exactly our age in this movie. Okay, he was thirty years right, old when the right documentary now in the documentary. Okay. Yeah, got it. <laughs> no, he was fucking twelve. <laughs> he was twelve, Mark. <laughs> he was he twelve? Okay, it was a stupid question. I recognize that now. <laughs> oh my god! God damn it! I can't be held responsible for the things I say. Man, but I signed a waiver. So, <laughs> wait, hold on. That's not how that works. You can't <laughs> sign away other people's rights to enforce against you. No, I did though. Okay, cool. There was a there was a clause in it about uh, arbitration. Yeah, I had, to, I had to poke my thumb and get my blood on there. It disappeared in a puff of smoke. It was fine. <laughs> Funny you should mention that. I did watch a movie for what's rocking my horror world where that happened, and we will talk about it next week. Was it We Are Back? No. Oh! Turn back the clock to the dawn of time and sing this song with me. I told you, I told you, listener, this was going to be a loose episode. <laughs> they usually Same. are when we do shots. I um, mean, yeah, which has been all of them recently. So, but but Mark, to, to Jake's point, this is this doesn't follow the normal documentary protocol to me. Like this isn't just the the narrative points they need to hit interspersed with daily life stuff. This feels like one of the key components they're trying to convey. There's no end game here. It doesn't end with his the production of his movie. It ends with just what his life has always been. And so a big focus, like that they aren't shifting from his regular life to the narrative of the documentary. They're kind of shifting from what the narrative of the documentary was supposed to be into just showing you his regular life as the focus, which is interesting. I really wish I had a good example of this, and it will probably come to me later in the episode, but this feels like other documentaries I've seen. Okay. As far as the narrative delivery, like, the structure of, like, yeah, you you get there with the, you get to the point that's, like, the high point of the movie, 
or really not the high point of the movie, the high point of the subject of the movie. And then the actual interesting part of the documentary is like what happens next. Like that's a relatively uh, yeah, I, common fly in the wall type filming. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I think to show that type of stuff. I think we're splitting hairs a little bit like painting in broad strokes. I agree with you. But it's like it's I think what we're getting at, though, is, again, more back to just how this one feels in comparison because of what these characters are doing, Oof. which is very little, <laughs> very little, he, but I also mean, so, so much. Look, he yeah. he wins so much at the lottery that he talks about on camera. And I know like it, they talk about he has Dude. a gambling problem and it's problematic. <laughs> yeah, he plays. He plays so much. But when he's on camera, like he wins 50 bucks and he wins a couple hundred. I think he's at one been point losing he wins $10 a day lately. Yeah. On scratch offs. I love oh. the scene where they're talking about how his uh, he's got like a counselor for scratch off addiction. No, 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 no. It was his, whatever. It's his AA sponsor. Right. Yeah. Then took him to the gas station to do scratch-offs together, then he had to bring his AA sponsor to a Gambler's Anonymous yeah. meeting, and they both left to go do more scratch-offs. Yeah. But that also, <laughs> that that's the kind of bleakness I'm talking yes, about. Yes. I remember there was a gas station in law school, kind of near one of the main buildings, where I'd go to get, like, here we uh, go. copies real. and shit, like, in between classes, and there was a woman who every day would come in and buy $40 of scratch-off tickets, and the clerk would hand them to her, and she would hand them back and not even scratch them off and just say, scan them. And it was like, I want to kill myself. That's the most depressing oh thing my God. I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. And this is that kind of bleakness. That's yeah. that real shit, man. Yeah. Oh, my <laughs> God. Scan them. Scan them. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We're uncovering some real uh, some real shit here. Oofa. That's why it's an American Oofa. that's why it's American movie. It's a really good name. Because, uh put damn. a pin in that one. I, I'm gonna bring that one up later. No, it's perfect for here. But he's so I love that guy's whole demeanor is fantastic though. He's just always kinda happy, always chuckling, and he's when he So you're talking about Mike again. Yeah, yeah. I'm talking about I'm always talking Dude, about Mike. Dude, Mike is fucking pickled. I don't think that guy is like literally capable of experiencing reality anymore. Correct. What did he say like when he was talking about his hospital trip on the blotter, they found PCP with a bunch of extra downers on it or something. Yeah, if it wasn't for the downer, he would have been dead. Yeah. (laughs) I got a bunch more stories I can Uh, tell you. Quick question for you, Jack, on the A to Z legal corner. Yes, sir. Is a blotter a thing anymore? I I associate blotter with like 1930s radio crime drama. Do they still have blotters? Is a blotter still like a, oh, give me that, can you give me that blotter? Like, so blotter paper was kind of used by police for a while, kind of just as like a pH paper, to, but not, it's not pH, but it's kind of looks like pH paper to determine whether something has an illicit substance on it. Oh, I thought a blotter was like a report. And, oh, oh, I mean, there is, there is, there are still police blotters that are like a, a collection of things that happened to the police department that night, right? Like we found Oh, a guy and that's here. still, that's still a word that people use? Absolutely. That's not like out of the 1940s? I mean, it is out of the 1940s, but it is still a word that's used. Okay, cool, but, cool, cool. But the blotter in that instance, I think, was the, the, the paper they used to test for, for drugs. Gotcha. I don't gotcha. know. I mean, I have no, I have no fucking idea what that guy's saying. I mean... I don't know if he has any idea. <laughs> I don't think he does. <laughs> but holy shit. It's... Which, again, just to remind everyone listening at home, real people. Yeah, man. Uh, we don't oh. mean to make light of this. This that's is a why, hard conversation. That's why he's gambling, I don't know how though, to talk man. This. We're also in dangerous territory here because we all chose vodka as a drink in well, which we've talked about people we acknowledge have real problems. Whatever, Many man. of which are alcohol-based. That's why he's gambling, though, because sometimes you win and sometimes you lose. 
But when you use but drugs no matter and alcohol, what. especially drugs, you, you, you always, always lose. lose. Yeah. Upward inflection. <laughs> <laughs> the quotes are so good. Oh, I just want to go man. back to them. I'm 30 years old in about 10 seconds. I got to start cleaning up somebody's shit, man. This movie also made me so fucking nostalgic for the Midwest. Like this era of the Midwest. Jesus, in do you? Is it nostalgic? I guess you did grow up in Minnesota. I mean, yeah. nostalgia is the right term, but I don't, I cannot but, fathom how this makes you nostalgic. And part of the, that. it's not, it's not nostalgic. It doesn't necessarily have to be a positive thing. It's like, it's I like understand a melancholy. That. Yes. Right? It's like, I don't, I, uh, I do kind of miss it. No, but I, I like it. I like I the thought feeling. nostalgic did have like a definitively positive it's, connotation. It's bittersweet. I think, so, but I the think memories, it's bittersweet. Yeah, bittersweet. The memories don't have to be great. Like, I do kind of miss being in. A suburb of Minneapolis, like when my grandpa would come up and drive his white Oldsmobile with a crushed red velvet interior to on a, like a gray sun Sunday afternoon, to take us to lunch. Like that shit happened, and th- when there was a white Oldsmobile with a red velvet crushed interior in here that drove around with gray fucking Minnesota skies, and I was like, oh my, Wisconsin, God, yeah, but they're the same skies, man. <laughs> We're all under the same sky. They're adjacent skies. That shit made me... I do have an update. Nostalgia is, by definition, a sentimental longing or wistful affection for the Wistful is perfect. Absolutely. Because, like, I would never choose to subject myself or any child to that, but I do kind of, like, have positive feelings for having done it. Hmm. I mean, for the record, I'd move back to... Not back. I would move to, like, (laughs) Minneapolis, St. Paul, or Duluth. Why? Don't fucking move to Duluth, man. Why? Why? Holy shit. That's where my family's from, dude. Don't talk shit about Duluth. Duluth. Go Bulldogs. I'm from Minnesota. Don't you move to Bulldogs. Minnesota. Minnesota. I am also Here we go. Here we go. You aren't from Minnesota at all, and it's kind of fine until you're an adult. My dad would have to spend <laughs> every hour he was off work chipping ice and scraping snow off the roof. It was like a full-time job on top of yeah, his and full-time I bet, job. I, I bet he knows the weight of hazelnuts or whatever the hell your grandpa got mad at you for. <laughs> Yeah. Plus, I bet his lats were so torn. They weren't. What's okay. the movie do middle? The bleakness. Well, the funny thing is, most of the things that I had written down and what the movie does wrong, you guys already talked about, and also sort of what the movie does middle. So I don't really have a whole lot to say here, because we already talked about it and what the movie does right. What the movie does right is what also what the movie does wrong and middle. It's a documentary. It's real life. Whoa. That's the hard part <laughs> about so talking deep. about all of Mark this. Mark just blew your mind. Should we do something unprecedented and skip this cat segment and go right to wrong? We can, but there's, but there. I think this might come up. This might actually belong in middle. I didn't know where to bring it up. Then talk. Okay. Scene, so do. He's filming Coven, right? Coven. He needs a scene of smashing a guy's head through yeah. a kitchen cabinet <laughs> I love it. door. <laughs> oh, that's what the movie You gonna help is. me that's now, man? Cool. You gonna fucking so help me now? Fucking intense. He's got like he's got his is whatever assist A D or best boy. I don't know, whatever the his best boy title yes, is. It's, be- it's the best boy. Scoring right. it. Scoring yeah. the inside of a real kitchen cabinet yeah. be like, this'll break not the best no boy. problem. And then he takes the actor and actually smashes his head like five so many times. times and he punches it, cabinet. it doesn't work. Yeah. And then this oh, the guy just is kind of like chuckling about it, like, <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> dude. And then answer me this, because I couldn't figure this out. When he finally does smash the guy's head through it, yeah. that's real blood, right? That guy just cut his fucking head on the inside of that cabinet. Oh, I didn't see that I part. didn't see any blood. There is so much blood. <laughs> he probably did. Point. He was probably actually passed out. That's why I he wasn't moving. I think so. And, and he's talking to him while he's laying on the ground not moving. Mm. So since we're... Blurring all the categories together. This is actually a good point. Is the this is the one thing I had in Does Right that we hadn't talked about yet, which is that I find Mark's 
insights into direction and how to make a movie quite fascinating regardless of whether or not they are fruitful. Yeah. The way he, like, they spend a significant amount of time just giving him the ability to sort of, like, talk about how he makes movies, his creative process, the way he views, like, where to position shit in a frame, the whole scene where he's standing in front of that random house. house, yeah. He's like, that's creepy in the background. Or, like... The scene at the beginning where he's like, the scarecrow. Every time I need to finish, every time I need to finish something, I just go to the airport parking lot, and I can't leave until I'm done. <laughs> I, yep. I found it really interesting with the scarecrow scene too. The way he like framed that up, he's he has oh, yeah. he has like an eye for direction. Well, anytime when you finally see stuff, like there, there are a couple scenes. One is when you see parts of Coven at the end, and the other is like when he's watching some of the stuff that he had filmed for Northwestern on like the living room floor. A lot of those are actually really interesting looking from a shots. framing perspective absolutely stuff, yeah. like it's there and, and i agree with you mark like he says a lot of things that i find fascinating and his takes are like they're so genuine and good about it like look we can't just go to a movie and not have filmed this and say like sorry we didn't do that forgive <laughs> us like that's not how this works yeah right yeah yeah and though yeah, yeah exactly he, t- he does a lot of the you see this i'm doing things with my hands here listeners you see this but we didn't film this, so like, what? What the fuck happened here? Speaking he does a whole of film, about that. yeah, yeah, you have a it's bit really of good. film, and there's a tiny little bit. If it's missing, you're fucked. Like they're missing one frame at yes, one point, and, and that's like a it's problem. unacceptable. We it's have more to than find one. It. It's definitely more than one. I think frame, it was like three but frames. But the brilliance of the of the scarecrow scene is that he's trying to explain his vision of the scene to Mike, and Mike is just like, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> Cool, because Mike is <laughs> Mike is brain dead, and he also doesn't care, and he's just there, and he's genuine. He's there because he's it's his friend, and his friend likes making movies. Yeah, so he's there, and he doesn't get it. But and but I also like that Mark won't let that lie either. He's like, do you actually get it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's the that's the crazy, funny, like also sort of sad and bleak but still entertaining thing about this is like these are two best friends, and Mark will fucking not let it lie. <laughs> yeah. It's a like, no, 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 Mike, I need you to understand what the scarecrows will look like on screen. It, it's interesting <laughs> the way that Mark interacts with people, right? Like his uncle, where he's like kind of exploiting him, but also like goes to his place to bathe him and just hang out with him. But that is also just like telling him what to think. It's really interesting the way he interacts with people. Yeah, it's uh, it's like real life is some strange combination of, of not black and not white, but just shades of gray. What is that what we're getting from this? <laughs> What's the movie do wrong? Am I learning things about humanity? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> uh, I would like to see a little bit more of Coven. Maybe not like as they show Coven. it. They just show a chunk of it. But like, well, show... they cut it up a bunch. It, it would have been interesting to see more of it as it's going on. Like, I think it would have been a really and interesting thing. The thing they do that I think they actually do right here is that they show the parts of Coven that are Coven. Excuse me, Thank that you. are relevant to the two American movie. They show the parts of Coven that they talk about making in American Correct. Movie. Correct. You don't need to see the whole rest of it. You just need to see the parts that they talk well, about. Well, plus I think there's probably like a business implication there too, right? Because he's going to want to make money if someone sees the entirety of Coven. He <laughs> yeah. has to sell 3,000 tickets to Coven yeah. at fourteen ninety five a pop. Yes. Uh, 3, 000... He's going to erase the other lines because the only line that is important is 3,000. <laughs> well, like, he's going to erase that one, too. It's he's not... going to erase that one, too. It's not... But he's apologetic about that one and not That's the other That's a real thing, though, man, because this effectively became the best trailer for Coven he could have ever had. 
For sure, yeah. If he never sold, I'm fascinated as to whether he ever sold 3,000 units of that film. Yeah, because it wasn't tickets, right? It was he had units to sell VHS eventually. Units, yeah. He's had to have sold that thing 3,000 times. This, this is a cult. This is a document. It is a cult that we should do category. Zip. <laughs> Rewind. Cult classic. Um, One thing, I don't know where to pop this, but it was really interesting to me when they were documenting when he was going through his debt. Right? Like, I owe yeah. 600 bucks. <laughs> he knows it all. Good luck. He knows it all very well. <laughs> he knows it all very well. He's going through the list. And also, you put it all together, it's not that much. It's like, like it's, six it's grand. It's like six grand a debt. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's not an insurmountable amount of debt. Now, for if a guy, you're broke, yeah, then it's I mean, a lot. I'm not saying it's... it's we're, hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to... Really quickly, I hate to do this. We got to we gotta pop in here and check our privilege real quick. Six grand is a yeah. lot of money to a lot That's of That's a lot of money, It is man. a tremendous amount of money. But, like, if he's working full-time from from his paycheck which is zero right his paycheck because he cleans from, up people's shit yeah. in a cemetery yeah. I, I, I don't oh know, my man. god it's yeah just, that scene <laughs> it's and i froze it is definitely a privilege <laughs> thing but it's also that thing of like if you get a bank account and start making any payments it's a lot less debt right when when i was working i am not going to comment on this when i was working construction there was a guy i worked with who didn't have a checking account so he would take his checks to the walmart and pay the 3% yep. fee on them so i like had to take him to the bank and open him a checking account and then he could start like stop paying the 3% that shit happens that, man i know it's crazy yeah and that's so that's like it's interesting that they included that in the movie cuz this isn't a movie with those kind of like class tones like that the rest of the movie isn't about that isn't about his financial income he's fine he's getting by it, he's going kind of is the dr- one of the driving forces behind the narrative of this movie is that he has to constantly try and milk extra funds out of his relatives or anyone who will give them money but that's that that's the that's the poignancy of the scene where mike wins 50 dollars and he refu- he doesn't want to tell anybody about it because yeah. he's afraid that they'll make him buy things but at the same time that's also kind of the narrative around any movie Right, that's made without like a studio backing or anything like that. As people have to do that, and that was just a felt different. That felt like more insight into the way he's living his life beyond the structures of this documentary that they're filming. Well, I think it's also like the juxtaposition of his passion, and I think there's a lot of chops and intelligence in what he thinks and what he's trying to accomplish from a filmmaking standpoint and his general ability to function in society. Definitely. So it's. Would you say it's uh, both the steam powering his engine and the anchor holding him back? I'm going to take a sip of my bill <laughs> real quick. Mind haze. Hazy IPA. Oh, fuck you, dude. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm going to pop in with my... We're all just saying the beers we're drinking. I'm going to pop in with my thing prime that I think this does wrong. Um, <clears throat> while a lot of this is essential to the overall bleakness that you feel while watching the film, this is a slow and at a lot of times feels like it's dragging and long. Film. Yeah. It's almost two hours long. Yeah. yeah, it is. It is over long. I don't want to call it. It is slow, but also that is sort of exactly what we want from this type of. It's document. deliberately slow, right? But it feels very slow and over long. Like the yeah. the net result is yes. that you have a long film that feels slow. Yeah, it helps. A long but it film also that feels slow, and I'll append my own does wrong note here, which is that man, what a specific niche this thing fits into. This is such a specific movie for people who would like it. So, it what does that long. say about me, who's seen it three times? What does that say? I, I, uh, I really liked it. I what it does that say, Mark? Um, it says you're into documentaries. I think you, is what I like. Says. You're a keen probably. student of the human condition, Jake. Damn, dude. you probably you probably watch this and you curl up with a nice New Yorker over candlelight. You know. Uh, well, I poured some peppermint schnapps into a Sprite. 
<laughs> I don't know. Ironically, though. Yeah. It's all ironic. Oh, sure. The other thing I thought this thing does wrong is it does feel a little exploitative at times um, from the documentary's perspective. Like, there's parts of his personal relationship with the amount of child support he owes and his kids. And... How much control, if any, do you think he had over what was ultimately put out? I, I, would I, I don't guess think that's, a lot. I, I mean, I think he would probably agree to it. Right, because I don't wants... think he cared. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I would imagine. But that doesn't mean I it's imagine not exploited. Would he? Yeah. Exactly. He would have had substantial control had he exercised it, but he did not care to exercise it or did not know to exercise sure. it. Sure. And that's what makes it exploitative. Yeah. Sure. And and there's parts of just the interactions with his kids and his kids' mother that that make it feel like just a little icky to me at times. That sure. Are... Yeah. There's that one scene where they're like fighting on camera about I can't even like child support or whether or not he left at, or something at like the car. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, dude, why? Do we need this I mean, one? Yes, yeah. it's it is in service of bleakness, but also dude. But we come on. We also already stood understood the nature of the relationship. That didn't add anything to I feel it. Like we they, got it. I feel like they felt they needed one scene of actual confrontation because you didn't have another, but I don't know that you needed a scene of confrontation. Yeah. No, I agree. And so. but but and to that point though, they she the mother would have had to have signed a release as well. Correct. Yes. So, so I guess I whatever. I don't know. What I don't know. This movie is fucking be. weird, it man. It is very fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It gets into a lot of things that I'm not qualified to talk about. <laughs> which was the main point that I had written under Does Wrong, which we already talked about, which is that this movie is so bleak. I, uh, it's, it's tough. It's honestly a tough one to, to watch. Once you actually resolve oh. in your head that, yes, these are real people and you're not watching a fictional narrative and this is real life yep it's uh it's 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 not an upper no certainly but there's still something about it like and there's yeah it also it does have inspiration at points like this guy yes one of the most quotable movies i've ever seen yeah but there is there is tenacity to it but you're still watching almost a character study in how to not prioritize your life yeah yeah but at the same time like kind of every story goes that way right it's it's the way that Thomas and Ed- Thomas Edison's story. Thomas and Edison's story. Thomas and Edison. Thank yeah, you. Two yep. Was Esquire. almost the Theranos story. Okay. Right. Thomas Edison was lying to people about the light bulb working. He would do these demonstrations where it would turn on and clear everyone out of the demonstration room before it would explode while he's taking all their money. And a couple of weeks before his patent is about to expire, he figured it the fuck out. And like. That's a story of American invention, and Thomas Edison was also an asshole who stole a lot of shit. But like that's and a story. killed an elephant, definitely. Yeah, just to try and talk about how Tesla was wrong about the kind of current he liked. But that's a story we remember Thomas Edison as an inventor because it worked. Whereas the Theranos story, like that woman's just a fucking monster weirdo psychopath because she was a couple of weeks short of getting there. It's uh, for the record. We should not recall Edison as an inventor. We should recall Edison as a guy who stole intellectual property from people who he paid very little money to. Yes, absolutely. No, he's he's just, a, just throwing that out there. I'm not saying it's right to remember him that way, but that's how he's remembered. And I think there's a world in which Marx gets his dream film produced, and it's unbelievably great. And we're watching a whole different story here about how this weirdo made this fucking great movie under these circumstances it's like such a razor's edge maybe still could happen still could happen i'm sure i am positive he still has northwestern 
on his desk somewhere. The thing that the thing that is random scenes I know, back and forth. The thing that is funny to me about this, and I'm also going to clarify that what I'm about to say, I I know nothing about what I'm about to say. Maybe it's he's attempted this, but I feel like it would have yielded different results had he done so. There is a thing out there called Kickstarter, and this dude is known by a lot of people due to this cult classic having been made. If he put Northwestern on Kickstarter, I have a hard time believing that wouldn't get funded. Dude, fucking potato festivals on jokes get funded. Like, <laughs> but still, you know what I mean? I know exactly I feel like there are mean. avenues yeah. here considering what was made. I wasn't saying that to refute you. I was saying that to support I what know, you're saying. But it's, it just blows my mind. It's crazy. Yeah, man. Maybe he doesn't want to anymore, man. Who knows? Who knows? Should we uh should we arrive at a certain station that I no longer have control over arriving at? Oh, Billy. <laughs> Do you have nitpicks for this movie? So that's it's hard to nitpick a documentary. <laughs> yeah, cuz you're uh, nitpicking I have people's a, I have lives. A few yeah. neat picks. A neat picks. Uh, okay, we, cool. Neat pick station. Neat neat pick station. Yeah. First neat pick in a very weird way, I love the scenes with the like super melodramatic actor uh, Robert Jorge, whatever the hell his name is. <laughs> okay, you you know who I'm talking about? The guy who constantly wear he like refuses to take his jacket off and always wears a scarf. I know or exactly what you're talking about. I have it as a nitpick. <laughs> is it a scarf or is it an ascot? <laughs> it's a scarf. Okay. Uh, it's a scarf. Excuse me, Robert Richard Jorge. That guy. There is multiple scenes in this movie of him just screaming into microphones, and I find them absolutely fascinating <laughs> he's also the one who was in the conversation with him it was just like it's pronounced coven yeah but coven smells coven sounds like oven yeah but it's pronounced coven. <laughs> right like you can put an umlaut over it what the hell is that <laughs> <laughs> but the other, I, that scene is also so insane because he's like there's a i understand there's another word spelled very similarly that's pronounced oven this one spelled very similarly why would i pronounce it the same way <laughs> Which I mean, English has a lot of fucked up language rules on how stuff's pronounced, but that's that's such a crazy scene to me. I love COVID. it. It's and COVID. just the way he looks at the camera, it's like straight out of the office. He's just like, "Oh, this guy," you know. <laughs> he's playing the Jim Halpert role in that scene. But Mark, I had that guy on a nitpick, which was part of a larger nitpick, which is just nineties. You'll notice fashion. that we're in nitpick station, which means that I brought it up at the right. I'm time. saying you brought it up at the right 90s time. Nineties fashion. I'm saying, but he was a part of my larger nitpick which was just the fucking 90s, man. There is so much of this movie that's a guy with, like, a shirt with really broad stripes and a paisley tie. It's like, I've got a half-inch thick striped shirt and a paisley tie I thought on. you were about to talk about dude, Mark. Dude, Yikes. just so you know, that's going to be in fashion in roughly two years. Yeah, I mean, I mean the 90s are already back. No. The 90s are very uh, I'm gonna, we need to. Can we, can we just capture this so that on episode, on episode whatever it would be, 420-something, when Jack is wearing that exact outfit, we can just bring this back up. Yeah. I yes, mean, if I'm ever wearing a thick stripe and a paisley tie, you're welcome to berate me all you want. No, stylistically, okay. stylistically, like we're right at the transition of the 80s to the 90s again. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling That's you. That's happening it, in popular it, culture. It happens on a condensed happened. timeline, so give it like two to three years. It's the 30-year we'll cycle. There. Yeah. Well, it's not quite, though. I have a whole theory on this. Well, maybe, there's maybe also a thing time. that's out there that's well-known called the 30-year cycle. I'm also never going to be a part of that because that's dependent on people being fashionable, and I'm more on the simple part of things, right, which is dark suit, white shirt, dark tie. You're never going to be wrong. And so, Jack, I don't mean to I don't mean to shatter your world yes, sir. on this, but you are the most fashionable one of the three of us. Uh, no, I am absolutely aware of that. 
It would have shattered my okay. world if I wasn't the most fashionable of you fucking idiots. Hey, I'm pretty fashionable. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you guys. What's wrong? What the hell? That was just, that was meant to fuck you. That was meant to fuck you. I hate you. Uh, my only nitpick is that I would like to take a brief moment to discuss why the fuck the name of this movie is American Movie when they never reference anything about it being called American Movie. Because it's the American Dream and yeah. he's making a movie. He does talk about the American dream in this movie like twice. And that's like central to the storyline, right? He's following his dreams at the expense of everything else. If it works out, it works out great. And if it doesn't, that's part of the American dream, man. Okay. And that's it. Oh, so that just so there so there's a bit of a so the point of calling it American movie is to make a bit of a critical assumption of what the American dream actually stands for. Absolutely, yes. yeah. Okay, I'm fine with that. Neat pick. That's a neat pick now. Okay. They're all neat picks. They should all be neat <laughs> They're picks. They're all neat picks, yes. All right. Well, should we uh, go to ratings? Yeah, this is going to be hard. Here we go. <laughs> yeah! Water slide! <laughs> I'm really drunk. I have to pee. I want to time out. We over at ADC Horror use a 1 through 10 rating system to rate the movies we watch. For one, think about Kevin Harlan would rate how sober the guy running the field nude is. He's at the 30. He's bare-chested and banging his chest. Now he runs the opposite way. He runs at the 50. He runs at the 40. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. And for 10, think about Mike Leach would rate a buffalo as a mascot. I mean, that 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 buffalo and, and the Mike the tie... Utterly outstanding. And then it's got the handlers. Um, no, they're not pulling that buffalo. That buffalo's pulling them. I mean, you see these kids run beside these buffaloes, or the buffalo, and sometimes they'll wipe out or whatever. Stories, the first guy to rate these movies. Uh, Mark, let's say you're going to go first. Rate the thing for story, because I don't know how I'm supposed to do that. I don't either. Uh, I declare bankruptcy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, so here's the thing about a documentary movie wherein there is probably a little bit of a thumb on the scale from the side of that that, that is actually making the movie in the first place. I, I, I'm going to give it a five and a half. It's a good story. It is interesting. There are people in it that have cre like fascinating narrative arcs, but also those narrative arcs are things that are sort of exploitatively created by the documentary crew in the first place. So I... I, I don't know what I'm supposed to feel here. I need society to weigh in. Interesting. Jake, Where where do you want to go second or do you want to go last? Because I have my thoughts nailed down, but I don't want you to feel like you're boxed out of going last again. No, Jack, Jack, you should go now. Your thoughts are nailed down. Go now. Uh, I gave it a seven for a story. I think they did a really... I mean, there's a reason this is a good and liked documentary, and it's because the creators of this documentary did <laughs> a, a really good, and good job focusing on exactly what was interesting about this. I'm penalizing it for what I'm assuming were some thumb on the scale stuff and what I know was some exploitative stuff. So it's not going to get a higher score than that, but I do think they did a good job of like bringing this documentary to focus on what was interesting about what they had on film. Jake. I gave it a five. So I think lowest. Wait, 
I, the lowest, but I, I... You hated this movie. Why? Yeah, I hated it. You're right. I, <laughs> I hear what you're saying, Jack. Ultimately, though, I, I agree with pretty much everything Mark said. And on top of that, like, there's just ambiently not a lot happening here because there's not a lot happening in the live. Yeah, it's hard to it's, script a documentary. <laughs> yeah. So, sort of one of the reasons why it's interesting from a, like, narrative standpoint is because of how little is actually happening. Like, the reason it's bleak is because there's no progress. If there's yes. no progress, there's no story. But that's, right? Well, I so guess the lack of progress can in and of itself be a story. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we're, Get me we're out of that. deep waters here, boys. Oh, God. Let's take us into world building and immersion. Mark, what is your world building and immersion score? I find documentaries, particularly documentaries that are very true to life, like the fly on the wall type stuff, to be utterly captivating. I gave this a six and a half. <laughs> so you didn't And the find... reason it's not higher is... What was that? He's Jake laughing said so hard something and then he immediately started joke. laughing so hard he couldn't. It wasn't away. a joke. It Mark, wasn't a joke. It wasn't just because you couldn't hear it. He didn't say anything audible. <laughs> so what was what was your joke? Sir? It wasn't a joke. It was just you let in with that, and then you th- this wasn't captivating. Clearly, okay, go. <laughs> Six and a half is above average. I think this is a this is an engrossing movie. I like watching. Utterly captivating. I like what? Well, Jesus Christ! Hold on. I I like watching people. In there, like this is this is basically this is people watching, right? This is you going to Disneyland and not writing any lines. You sit on a bench and you just watch families like bicker about where to would you go to Space Mountain or the other place, right? Like this is just sheer human drama, which is in and of itself very immersive. But the other side of this is that what we've already talked about, it's overlong and it's very it, it's very slow and I don't want to say sloppily edited, but I think they kept it intentionally loose to just kind of show how loose the creative process was on the movie making side. Uh, so, yeah, that, that I mean that's what I'm going for. Whatever, I can I can cut off there. Mark six and a half. I agree with most of what you said, and I don't want to discount what you did say. But you you did say it's like going to Disneyland and riding the lines all day, or not riding the lines. No, all day, not just, not riding. Not I probably and, and I know not we're all, riding any rides. I know we're all drunk, and it was just like a slip of the tongue. But I was picturing you like at Disneyland, getting a really long line, and be like, "Woo, yeah." And then when it gets to the front, it'll be like, okay, I got to go. I got to go get in a different one. <laughs> oh, man, that oh, was good. Man, okay, I'm going to Splash Mountain. Getting there. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we did it. We survived. All right. <laughs> and then just high-fiving everybody on your way back. And then hopping over the turnstile or whatever. Yeah. No, I like that very yeah. much. Um, I, <laughs> My pants fall down. I gave it a four for world building and immersion. I think they did a really wow. good. The documentary Aggressive. makers did a really good job building this world. Like, whatever the world actually was, they made me feel a certain way based on how this world existed. And a lot of that is just because it was very reminiscent of my time in the Midwest as well. But they did a really good job of that. Now the immersion is a lot lower for me just because like, it's really hard for me to remember that these are real people when I was watching it. When I did, that's pretty bleak too. So it's not very immersive, but the world they built, I think was a very good one. Jake, Hmm. I gave it a seven and it's mostly because I don't know where else I can put all of the awesome quotable stuff that primarily 
Borchardt says in this movie. Yeah, you could put it in overall if you want. This is one. <laughs> this is one of the most quotable movies, like I said earlier, that I've ever seen for some weird reason. But I <laughs> love everything that comes out of that man's mouth. It's just really captivating to me. So I feel like it's it a better this score. Group of people on this podcast is uniquely predisposed to love the northern Midwest. It's not okay. Yes, but also. Also, the stuff that he says is not because he's from the northern Midwest. He's just an interesting dude. He is he an interesting, interesting dude. But also, that's, that, it is part of it, though. <laughs> that, that accent is pervasive and amazing. But that yeah, accent is the accent so doesn't hurt. His phone, call, Milwaukee. his phone call to Tangiers did not require him to be from the Midwest. That is just absurd. Right. No, I mean, they are also just fundamentally fun to listen to. Yes. But it doesn't make it harder that they have thick Milwaukee accents. Sure. That's fine. That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. That's that's totally fine. That's going to take us into scare factor, which I think we can all just give a can one. Can we all just do a quick around. one? Yeah. Can we all just do a quick just one? A quick it's a one. one. Yeah. yeah. We, we all gave one. Cool. Yep. Which is going to take us cool. into effects or judicious lack thereof, Mark. And I look, I want. Let's talk. Why don't we talk about Mark's effects? Because this is a documentary. There are no effects, right? You're supposed to capture it as it is. So maybe you could talk Shit. about if they <laughs> fucked up with, like, if you could see a boom mic in any of the documentary scenes. But otherwise, maybe talk about Mark's effects. I don't know. And by you're not talking about me, Mark. You're talking about Mark Borchardt, Mark. Yes. Yeah, the interesting one. Okay. <laughs> uh, Woof. Ouch. Ouch. It was, it was fine, Mark. It's fine. You know I find you interesting. Oh, continue, please. Continue. Dude. Just get blow by it. Your words hurt. Your words hit. Look. It's a joke, man. I mean, Mark, no, your life is objectively no. less interesting because you seem very fulfilled and happy all the time. So <laughs> no one wants to make a fucking uh, movie ultimate... about that. It's true. <laughs> You're not bleak <laughs> enough. Documentary group being like, hey, 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 you sad yet? And I'm just like, not, not, not really. <laughs> really. <laughs> I'm going to go have a phone call with two of my buddies. <laughs> And they're like, can we film it? And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, it's just going to be me sitting there for like two hours. I can't imagine why anyone would ever want to listen to it. <laughs> Is that what you're saying, Mark? You, give it your score. You've already. <laughs> I blew up our documentary. I'm so sorry. I gave it a five and a half. As a just like the rough movie, there aren't any effects. They're just filming real life. I don't know what to give it here. Okay. He didn't listen to you. That's fine. No, he didn't. That's fine. I, we don't. We have we have 30 seconds of Coven to Looks great. I mean. Look, I gave it a four. What was what he said? It's filmed on 16 millimeter reversal. <laughs> Something like I did have no idea. I don't know. I'm not but a I, filmmaker. I believe he. I believe it was a thing that he said. I don't know. Sure. Um, it's the documentary has some sound issues at some points. Oh Jesus! So I'm penalizing it for that. Yeah. And then COVID. Would you give it a four? What's that? Would you give it a four? Yeah, four. Mm. COVID looks pretty good a lot of the time, but the the. Zombies are not the, the witches. They're... You can see their genes through their robes. Oh yeah, I guess they are shot. witches. Did we call it vampire terrible? earlier. Yeah, we did. Is this entirely what you were setting up the whole time? Is you just wanted to make this point, and you wanted me to make it for you, or something like that? Yep. That's it. Yeah, that's that's a hard guess. Woof. Um, and so I don't like the genes in his movie. I don't like the uh, <laughs> the the bad sound in the documentary. It's a four. It's all fine. I do like that he like. I don't like that he did, but I, I respect that he put an actor's head through a poorly scored oh, kitchen my God, cabinet. Dude. That's realism. <laughs> dude, that was absolutely fascinating. That's I love that. That was my favorite so scene much. in the movie. Jake, uh, I'm just going to give it a five and move on. There's not a lot to talk about here. Overall, Mark. 
Oh, Jesus. This is a hard one. I, I gave it a two. What? You really didn't like this. No. I liked it. Here's the, okay. Two. two things against this movie. One, not a horror movie. This is a horror movie website. Two, this is a exceptionally specific movie. I know a few people in my life who would totally vibe with this, and I know 99 people for every one of those other people that would be like, why the fuck did you recommend this to me? Why did you say two for one and then 99 for every one on the other instead of using percent for either? Because the scale's out of 101, like my ice. No, it wasn't. You expressly said 99 out of 100. Oh. This is bur- 99 out of 101. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, 98.7% of the time, people are not going to give a shit about this movie, but that other 1.3% of people will vibe very hard with it. I got it. So I, when am I going to recommend this? I gave it a seven. It's mostly a tilt up. Oh my God. Oh my God. That's what high. The fuck? I really fucking high. was fascinated by this movie. I am so happy I saw this documentary. I mean, I fucking love documentaries, but I am so happy I watched this. If 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 I Jack, 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 as a horror movie website, someone comes to you, they're like, hey, what are your top 10 favorite horror movies? You're going to put this one in your top 15, 20, whatever? No, but I'm also not going to put this anywhere, and we watched it as a horror movie podcast. So I'm already operating in a world you're in which just those review, rules You're are just gone. scoring it based on... You're just saying you score everything based on the score that you give, and that's... The not everything, but this one, where we already accepted a world where we watched an objectively non-horror movie from the start. Jack's going to watch, like, Marley and Me and give it, like, a six and a half for our website. That movie sucks. I'm okay. not going to give Marley and Me a <laughs> Are you done? <laughs> yeah, I'm done. Fuck both of you. So... <laughs> This is like I said earlier. This is the not first time I've seen this. I like this movie. I think that's what I let in with. I see where you're coming from from that score, but I also I I'm going to abide by what Mark's saying here in terms of how I would score this for the horror movie website and give it a four. Normally, it'd be like a seven and a half. For see, me. that seems too high though for if you're going to incorporate the horror score. Mm, no, because I still think it's tangentially there, and there's enough interesting stuff, but it's a little bit of a hard watch, and it is super specific. No matter what, it's super specific. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, if if I were just talking about my enjoyment of the movie, it's way higher than that, but for this venue, I cannot give yeah. it that score, therefore I landed on a four. Yeah, it's a weird one. Good work, Larry. You uh, You picked a really weird one for us to review. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, thumbs up. It was guy. it was contentious. I gave it a two, and Jack gave it a seven. So you injected some conflict. Congratulations. Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs up. Insofar as I will basically never recommend this as a horror movie, thumbs down. That's leading it to you, Jake. Someone comes to me, they're like, hey, what's a good documentary? I might throw this one out there. That might be a thumbs yeah. up in that context, but this is not A to Z documentary. Yeah, I podcast. think it's, I think that's, I, I'll, let's just leave it at that. I, I think it's highly dependent upon the context in which you're recommending it. Uh, as far as a horror movie is concerned, shouldn't even be considered, but as far as something to watch that's interesting is concerned, heavy thumbs up. There you go. All right. All right. Um, now it's not quite time to get the fuck out of here, though. So we need a new set of movies to watch. Now, ordinarily, we do three apiece. <laughs> yeah. But here's the thing. There's only a couple of weeks till our omnibus. We might as well just cut it there. Yeah, right? I want to start 2020 clean. Sure. New movies, new picks, new year. Sure. So two each, right? Ooh. That gets us there six well, weeks. Just, yeah, let's just do two That each. checks out. Let's just do two each. Hell yeah, two each. Pressure's Mark, on. Do you want to start? Yeah, I'll take it. 
right, there's one out there that I don't know much about and I hear very good things about. I know it's relatively accessible. I think it's free on either Amazon or Hulu. Mark, don't fuck me like this. If you take my pick with your pick, I'm going to lose it. I don't know what your pick is. I know you don't, but there's only one. We're going to watch a foreign movie called I Saw the Devil. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I like the pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've heard that this is a relatively, it's like adjacent to uh, the interior all in ter- Alan Terrier, Alan Alan Terrier yeah. or yep. Martyrs or whatever. It's one of those type extremist movies, but I also hear that it's phenomenally good. It's Korean. And I honestly don't, I'm going in relatively spoiler free. So I just want to throw this one uh, way big, big time throwback a little bit. We got to get him back on here. But when we talk to, uh, I would say friend of the podcast at this point, Nick Shostakiewski, Definitely he mentioned this as being one of his example horror movies that it was one of the first that came to mind in the lightning round. So there you go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, cool time. Um, I went a different cool time. <laughs> cool time. Cool time. There's a thing people say. Probably. <laughs> no one says that, Jack. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I picked a different movie, and I honestly forgot how I heard about this. I think it might have been on Twitter, but I picked a movie that I had never heard of before from 2018 called Life Changer. The fuck? This is about a shape shifting serial killer. I'm given to understand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is supposed to be super good. I've never quick even question. heard of it. Is this available for us to watch? Uh, when I did a quick Google, it was at least available to rent on Amazon Prime. So, yes. That's all you need. For not seventeen ninety nine, please? To rent. I mean, yeah. I think if it was a rental for like four ninety nine, So, That's yes. That's normal. Also, yes. Sometimes when a movie just releases, the rental is like eight bucks. But... Yeah. Either way, you don't have to buy it. Oh, okay. It's currently also available on Netflix. So. Oh yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. That takes Life care of that. On Netflix. That's yeah. my first pick. Yeah. Jake. Uh. Well. <laughs> I got some feedback from some listeners. Oh. I'm gonna name some first names at least. Here. Okay. Um, and last. No. And social security numbers, please. No. 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 Uh. So. Middle names I've, at least. I've gotten a request for a certain movie from two listeners. One, her, her name's Katie, and another whose name is Jesse. And they both said that we should review, independently of each other, mind you, they both said we should watch the same movie, and that movie was Resident Evil. So, you know what? Let's watch Resident Evil. Very strange pick. Uh, We're going to do it, it. though. Now, we're going to tackle it. I like it. I like the pick. Have both of you guys have played those video games? No. Not some. some Yeah, not all of them. Okay, because I've played, I played like Resident anyone. Evil 4, Resident Evil 5, Resident Evil 7's on my wish list, and the Resident Evil 2 remake is apparently very good, and I've watched quite a few YouTube videos about it. So, yes, Mark is deeply intimate with the video games. He's very intimate. Yeah, deeply you know intimate. What I mean. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, I can speak to the video game lore. I just haven't personally played the original cool. trilogy. I, I can't really, but it's an action horror movie, and we were recommended... So, all right, well, we we'll go. be watching that. I like the pick. It's a strange. <laughs> I don't know one, if I do. I don't know if I do. We're gonna see. You know what? Well, you. Oh, uh, you it. do. You do. the The original dude. Resident Evil movies are fucking awesome. Rating spoilers. Yeah. Well, I'm going in. I'm going in. Primed. I have a feeling Mark and I will be disagree let down. I don't hard know. on that movie. Here we go, Mark. What is your second pick? Uh, this is one that we've all independently talked about that I have been wanting to see. I, I've wanted to have a larger conversation about for quite a long time. It is essentially an elongated Twilight Zone episode. We're watching Coherence. Oh, shit, yeah. It's been a yeah, while. Okay. We, yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. my God. Yeah, good call. Man. Oh, okay. oh I'm yeah. excited. I'm excited to watch this again, actually. Yeah. 
That's one of those. Okay, I like the pick, Mark. It's thank you. Brutal. Only having two here because I got a long list. And our interview with Chelsea Stardust, I got very, very close oh, to picking. She mentioned one that I really was hoping was going to be on our list. I got very, very close to picking Jennifer's body as my other one here. That's what I was hoping that, for. But it's not the one I picked. It will be on a list coming up here okay. soon. We'll be talking about it soon. <laughs> I went a different direction, and it was a, a decidedly more Mike Flanagan-related direction. Ah. Nice. Because I'm picking the first Mike Flanagan movie that I ever saw. Uh, Karen Gillan as a star. Oculus. Who? We're be WWE <laughs> Films. We're going to be watching the movie Oculus. Wow. About a haunted mirror. I've never seen uh, Oculus. Phenomenal choice. Honestly, Jack, this was the third... This was the first runner-up, third place or whatever. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. This is the other one I've been wanting to talk about for fucking ever. I uh, haven't seen this movie in quite a long time, but I saw it and desperately wanted to speak to people about it when I first saw it, and none of my friends like horror movies, so it, I'm glad you picked it. Ex- I mean... None of my friends that I that are immediately okay. available to We're talk actually not to as friends. about. Okay. Yeah, no, definitely not. Yeah. No, but Mark, I completely agree with you because the last time I saw this was pre this whole thing we're doing, and so yeah. yeah. And then no. you go into work and you're like, "Anyone seen Oculus?" And they're like, <laughs> "No." And you're like, "Oh, there's a haunted mirror." And they're like, "Mark, shut I think the you fuck should up. go see what HR again." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Have you seen the new Avengers movie? Oh, All right, Jake. It. What's your God fucking last damn pick? It. Okay, I can pick one of two things. Ooh, and the reason I wanted to go last was because you know I like doing the holiday thing every once in a while. We're gonna be coming up on Christmas. Do you guys want me to pick a Christmas movie or a not holiday related movie at all? I Christmas movie. I want a Christmas movie unless you're gonna pick the second remake of Black Christmas coming out. In Damn December. it! And then I don't vote for that. But now our votes it's, are tied, so you're the tiebreaker. It's not there. I'm gonna do the Christmas movie. God damn it! I had to soul search for a second. <laughs> I'm doing the Christmas movie. We're gonna watch Christmas Evil. Oh, okay, so I do want it. Yeah, that's what I want. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. I said cool. I wanted the Christmas movie unless it was the second remake of Black Christmas. And I, Black Christmas yeah, and I fucked on you, and I said that was it, and then I soul-searched, and then I picked the Christmas movie anyway, and oh, I picked Christmas Oh, okay, Evil. so you, this was a twist. You just shift. A little bit. Okay. You've been punked, Jack. Yeah, How do you Jack, feel? Jack, oh, It was a great prank. Jesus Christ. Great prank. It's time. Man, it's time. Those are the movies we're watching. I don't even know. Mark, did you factoed? I did. I we got. I saw the devil. We got Life Changer, Resident Evil, Coherence, Oculus, Christmas Evil, and then everyone's favorite episode of the entire year, the Holiday Omnibus, that's, coming at you on Christmas or shortly thereafter. Certainly wow. my favorite episode. Wow, it's fun. It's certainly the most fun to record. <laughs> We I will try to not have as many hiccups this we, year. We almost remember some of it. And the least fun to edit. Well, you know. <laughs> I'm taking us out of here. We're Get leaving. us the fuck out of here. Episode 158 of the A to Z Horrorcast just happened. If you like what you've been hearing, come and hang out with us at A to Z Horror.com or on any of our social media channels. Those are Facebook, those are Twitter, and that is also the Instagram now. The links are going to be down there in the description below. As Jack mentioned at the top of the episode, if you like what you've been hearing and you're still here hanging out, you might want to consider becoming a Patreon member. That link's down there, too, and uh, we're throwing a bunch of cool stuff out there for Patreon members. If that's not something you're interested in, can't swing the money, whatever, no big deal. We're going to keep making the same content for you, and we're just happy you're here hanging out with us still at this point. As always, the music has been coming at you from Super Bear. Their link's down there, too. And next week, we're picking back up with our next crop of horror movies, and we're kicking it off with a Mark pick, a long one, a foreign one, a really good one. It's I Saw the Devil. That's coming at you next week. And until then, get your buddies, grab some beers, and go watch some more movies. Have a great week, everybody.
I'm not gonna. I'm not. I'm not gonna use cinnamon toothpaste. I'm not an animal. Get out of here. 